going to say something like, it's live, it's Friday night, and here's your intro. Rundown is a show where four Catholic men opine on current affairs of the world, the matters of faith, culture, and politics. It's unfiltered, it's daring, and it's certainly unapologetic. The Rundown is a weekly news show. But it's more than that. It's a family of like-minded Catholics who are preparing for the coming chastisement. You cover church news, politics, and current events around the world, linking them in a way no one else does, giving you the perspective no one else can. The Rundown is not meant for children because it informs and prepares parents, young adults, seminarians, even priests watch The Rundown to know about the most pressing and evolving threats to the Catholic faith today. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com everything that the Fed has done this past week as essentially flooding the system with money? Yes, exactly. 
And there's no end to your ability to do that. There is no end to our ability to do that. Is the Fed just going to print money? That's literally what Congress has told us to do. That's the authority that they've given us to print money and provide liquidity into the financial system. And that's how we do it. We, we create it electronically, and then we can also print it with the Treasury Department, print it so that you can get money out of your ATM. to do that. There is no end to our ability to do that. Is, is it staggering, is it a staggering response to responsibility that, a, the, that the head of a bank could literally, could literally crash our economy? It's astonishing. That's like if you have, I mean, like, and, and they also realize is that, that, that now they have, it's in a guaranteed, a guaranteed way to be saved by, again, by no matter, no matter by, by how, you know. So it's it's you know isn't it appropriate that the those kinds of this kind of control should be more stricter? You know I'm not I, I I may be a white boy but I'm not stupid. To prevent this kind of thing from going, or should we just go on and start bailing and sailing whoever bank, regardless of how how their their conduct is. You know, I'll give you an example. Uh, the Republicans want to give a, a work requirement for SNAP. You know, for a, 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 a hungry family has to, to have these this kind of penalties or these some kinds of word working uh, required. Shouldn't you have a working requirement after you sell your bank, your billions of your bank? Because they seem to be more pre preoccupied uh, when than SNAP uh, and requirements for works for hungry people, but not about protecting the tax the tax papers you know that will bail no matter whatever does about a bank to crash it sure and there's no end to your ability to do that there is no end to our ability to do that <laughs> Authentic, bespoke, raw, artisanally crafted toilet paper, hand pulped and hand perforated the way toilet paper used to be. Come with us as we roll back 100 years of innovation. Introducing Quilted Northern Rustic Weave, craft you can feel in every square. It's tissue that's genuinely tree to toilet. For a more memorable bathroom experience, New Quilted Northern Rustic Weave. Also available in small batch, cedar loom, and extra virgin birch.
Quilted Northern Rustic Weave. Designed to be remembered. Is that I find no evidence that the world is round. Now, first of all, lad, we've got to get all these medieval ideas out of your head. Clear the way for new ideas. Knowledge of man's fabulous discoveries in the centuries so ahead. The Greeks are wrong. I should not be able to see what I can see with binoculars. I should be able to observe something when I fly at 50,000 feet above the earth. I should observe with my naked eye. I live in reality, Ryan. Oh, let's go. Let's go lick, lick the world. Let's get it done. Now that'll be a great advantage, boy. Advantage indeed. <laughs> If the boy goes about saying the world is round, they'll take him for a lunatic. The world is round? Yes, yes, that's right. And it also uh, goes around. You mean it'll be round someday? The Greeks are wrong. I should not be able to see what I can see with binoculars. I should be able to observe something when I fly at 50,000 feet above the earth. I should observe with my naked eye. I live in reality, Ryan. No, 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 it's round now. Man will discover this in centuries to come. And he will also find that the world is merely a tiny speck in the universe. Universe? Ah, you're only confusing the boy. Before you're through, he'll be so mixed up, he'll, he'll be wearing your shoes. Oh, I'm holding my baby. Please, I'm asking you, just show me that you have a baby. Go ahead, take the blanket off if you're that short. He's filming you do this, by the way. Wait for the end. I never gave him permission. You said go ahead and take the blanket off. It's a cat! It is a cat! I told you! I told you! It's a cat! It's a cat! It's a cat! It's a cat! It's a lynx, not a cat. There's a big difference. It's a lynx! It's a lynx! It's not a cat! Is that a lynx? Is that real? Is that a real cat? Is that a real cat? Can we yeah. just, is, is, like, is it a real cat? Is, is it, it a, is it a is it, what is it? It's, it's an emergency service emotional support animal. Oh. Oh. Well, that's allowed. Yeah, that's allowed. Okay. That's allowed. Oh, wow. Oh. The wow. eyes are, wow. Domestic short hair. He's available for adoption. He's pet of the week. Placer County Animal Shelter. He's a very loving cat. Hang on to us, please. Pinky. 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 Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. We got a wild cat on our hands. Pinky, settle down, bud. Careful, Cole. Careful. Oh, I get a catch pole. Somebody get a catch pole. Pinky. Just sit it over.
king dude is like what am i paying for why do i do why do i <laughs> make it end make it end <laughs> hello good evening everybody look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all-new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Uh, we've... Yes, yes, yes. So the second round of applause. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the rundown. The Fab Four are assembled. The King Dude is here. Crusade Channel, crusadechannel.com. King Dude is here. Just I know you can't stay for three hours with us, King Dude, because you've already done your three-hour duty this morning. Four-hour duty, as you were. <laughs> um, but you're here to talk tonight to lead us off, to kick us off. I want to hear – I want to – we normally do the grifter segment at the end, but I want to grift right now. I have something for you first. Now i found that the world is I managed to sneak the Bee Gees into the rundown, and I made a point because the world is round, Michael. You got the Bee Gees in there? Oh, man. Didn't somebody just counsel you on the Bee Gees two weeks ago down in Louisiana? Didn't Commander yes, Sharp have so. words? Lisa, I was there. Hey, uh, I missed that. Uh, I'm just here to, <laughs> look. I'm just here to protect the tax papers and uh, <laughs> the tax papers who are sailing their banks. And uh, I don't know if I was watching an intro for the Rundown or Chive TV. I couldn't tell. And uh, then finally, I'm I'm just like uh, uh, I'm like you you guys. I'm the Bella Lugosi to your Ed Wood. Oh, so man. yes, old, ancient, and uh, <laughs> just drag the old guy out. Um, well, you know, the, the rundown subscribers definitely know uh, who makes the intros each week. There's this definite style to them. <laughs> I think a lot can be learned about a person by the films that they chose to be deep faked in. Yes. <laughs> yes. If I was going to do a psychological profile of you guys, I'd have everything I need. Just well, we don't watch. choose. Someone chooses for us. <laughs> but as it was said by a, a, an independent observer, I pretty much nailed everybody's, you know, characteristics. Yes, yes, you put me in tights. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> it was James Bond. I put you in tights. I mean, that's pretty Chad. You were in tights twice. <laughs> I want to know when do I get my deep fake? It was pretty I, well we done, actually. Was no, it was good. It was good. I actually liked it. Yeah, we got to do a King Dude deepfake. A, we do. A shout out to the to uh, our our sugar daddy here, our sponsor, our broadcasting partner. Sugar. Somebody asked my wife in a restaurant the other day if I was her sugar daddy, and I went, "Man, I'm getting way too gray up here." <laughs> Is he your sugar daddy? Do you dress him? I'm like, what am I like a Dapper Dan doll? Oh, uh, no, I actually put my own clothes on. <laughs> And so, I, uh, 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 are y'all jelly? I got to talk to Edward today. I am super jealous. Yeah. Talk to the Archduke. I did talk. Well, he's one of many Archdukes, and he's very funny. Uh, mm. The man has a tremendous sense of humor. 
You know, he said, well, no, I'm not the Archduke because there's actually 85 to 90 people that I have to murder before I actually get the throne. So (laughs) (laughs) he actually said that he did. He did. And I said, well, uh, he said, but I want to come visit you in New Orleans. I said, well, don't come to New Orleans. Send the 85 or 90 that are ahead of you to New Orleans. Then they'll take care of them. And then you get the throne. (laughs) There you go. Hearts and Coronets. Does anybody remember that movie? No, I haven't seen it. Alec Guinness movie, Kindly Hearts and Coronets. It's about a guy who's an illegitimate child to a British noble family. And uh, he's got to get rid of like 26 of them before he gets the throne. And they all just manage to pop off. And he, uh, you know, he does manage to pull it off. It's, 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 uh, it's a really interesting film. Like I said, Alec Guinness is in it. It's, it's, a, it's a good watch. So, so Edward was basically asking for a kind of a, uh, a, a monarchical version of Saul. So he's Ooh. but he's the only he's the only one that gets out of the saw house. Oh man! Oh, <laughs> and then man. all and then the Austro-Hungarian Empire awaits for him. No, it was a really uh, it was a thrilling fifty minutes. Uh, I've interviewed five presidential candidates, and that ranks right up there with him. Even though he's not the Archduke, he's just an Archduke. Mm. I didn't know that oh. there were ninety of them. I mean, that's mm. that's that's something uh, that that we learn here today. So, uh, but he's, as I said, yeah, he's also the, he's the ambassador. He's the Hungarian ambassador to, I guess, to Rome is mm-hmm. his title because he's in Rome. That's right. uh, it was funny. I asked him about Victor Orban and he said, well, you know, he is a Calvinist, but then he said, <laughs> then he sang his praises. <laughs> um, and apparently Orban actually goes to Catholic masses. He just very respectfully sits in the back and, doesn't do the Catholic parts that the uh, that we do, uh, but he uh, he's got a good thing going there. So yeah, it was it was, it was a re- it was a wonderful fifty minutes of radio. Uh, I actually <laughs> learned some some things about uh, the things that the Honduras the, the Hungarians are doing are incredible. So if you have one child, you get a tax credit. Two child children, you get a double tax tax credit. Three children, you get an exemption for the year. No taxes that year, but if you if you crank wait if you crank the fourth one out, you get a tax exemption for all of your income taxes for life. That's it. I'm learning my gear. I'm going to Hungary. No, that's a Hungarian (laughs) policy, and and he was suggesting that the rest of the uh, free world, if there is such a thing, the rest of the free world might consider adopting Hungarian or the Hungarian the Hungarians' uh, social policies or social or taxation policies. I'm like. That's really a, uh, that, that's a uh, that's a good idea, um, and also in kind of encourages family formation. Anyways, a lot to learn from from uh, from a Habsburg. They're very smart, very 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 funny, very intelligent guys. I think we get uh, I think we could do very well living under Habsburgs again. Perhaps, yeah. Well, you, you know, you look my, uh, now, that's no. for sure. This you is my white face. I'm applying this so I can get that quick citizenship <laughs> to. Oh, and by the way, James, you're yeah. you're deep fake. We're we're all in white people stuff. Right. You're in snow. <laughs> you're on ice. You're all right. white. Can stuff. you imagine that? I know. I know. That is so unlike me. He was. When I tried to put him on Samuel L. Jackson, or as I tried to do some Pulp Fiction ones, or. It had like some of the characteristics of a small part of his face, but it just they can basically the AI is like, well, it's black people; they're all the same, aren't they? I was like, yeah, because the AI is racist. Come on, <laughs> I could. It's true. That's funny. I tell the difference, but anyway, but yeah, so that's ultimately what worked. 
So we have a. So we want to hear the King James Griff. I want to hear that. I want to hear it. Okay. <clears throat> what starts June first? But this is not a grift yet. You can hold the bell for just a moment. <laughs> what starts June first? Month of the Sacred Heart. No, no, that's the Catholic answer. Wrong answer. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh fact month. Juneteenth. Uh, 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 somebody said butt hump month. I, that, that <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you know, we're all going to act all party and stuff. And we're going to have our sidewalks and our crosswalks all painted like rainbows and stuff. Oh, man. And we're going to bring the children in. We're going to have drag queen like dances for tips right. and stuff. And movie night is double trouble. So for five or six years now, this has been building. It gets worse and worse every year. Uh, well, if you're on Moloch's side, it gets better and better. If you're not on Moloch's side, it gets worse and worse. And we kind of sit here idle and just going behind our keyboards and complaining about it on Twitter or Pride Book or wherever and not really doing anything about it. So some friends of mine and I decided uh, we should do something about this. So we uh, we paused and we paused and we paused like the Grinch. And what we came up with is, what is the opposite of pride? Humility. Humility. Yes. Yes. You got it. So the opposite of pride is humility. So here we go. This is the grift. I'm presenting the screen. June is the month of the Sacred Heart. There's your yard sign, Celebrate Humility Month. Ooh. Love, love it. that. Love it. I Love need it. this yard sign, King Dude. How do I get it? Okay, well, uh, you scroll down on that page there. It is, and I bought the URL today. I, I own the rights to all the humi humility. I have like 30 humility URLs, and I didn't have this one. So if you go to humilityofheart.com, wow. it will forward you wow. to that page. Wow. So uh, make June great again. Three things that we can do that I'm asking uh, your listeners, your viewers to do. Pledge one day of fasting and prayer, at least one. Display the sign of the uh, Celebrate Humility Month, uh, Humility Month sign on your yard. Uh, you also you will get a, a, a pair of Celebrate Humility Month 4x4-square-inch uh, four four stickers that you can put on your car, your window. It would uh, be really funny to put them on cash registers where, <laughs> where, you, know, where you know, the San Franciscans check out to see if they get it. Um, mm. And then number three for extra credit, read Humility of Heart, a great book that I put back into print about 10 years ago. And we have paperback copies of. Um, uh, and this basically, this has all happened in the last 30 hours. So this is not wow. something uh, big that, that, that I had planned. Um, uh, uh, but, but a friend of mine asked me to think upon it. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Something needs to be done. And this is just a, a modest proposal. So I think that if we all display those signs on our yards, um, that's at least one thing, because your neighbor's going to be flying a rainbow wind sock. Your neighbor's going to be flying a rainbow flag. You're, there are people going to be the Major League Baseball's all in. The NBA Finals are going to are going to be in in Pride Month, and I hear they're going to all be bedecked. They're going to have a Pride Night, uh, and then this is to the point where, and we all know what the target is. They're targeting children. So I think that it's about high time that we did something actually in the physical world, like doing the yard signs, putting the stickers on the cars, doing the rosaries every day, reading about humility, 
and uh, then um, doing uh, uh, committing to that one day, a family day of fasting and prayer. Or if you're not, if you don't have a family, then do it on your own and do a hard fast. Don't do a sissy, uh, uh, namby pamby ass uh, fast. Do a real one. Don't eat. Offer it up, and, uh, and we also just need to make sure that we communicate that this is an act of charity. This is not meant to bring people out into the open so that we can round them all up and put them into concentration camps, although some of them belong in them. Um, but this is, uh, th- this is the charitable way to say you're wrong, and no one has told you you're wrong. So the Catholic men of the United States, we mark Hauk wannabes. We mark Hauk wannabes are going to stand up and go like, June. this June, it's the month of the Sacred Heart. And by the way, they chose June intentionally. They chose June intentionally for maximum offense to our Lord. And uh, I just don't think Catholic men should take it anymore. We should all be little D. Snyders. We're not going to take it. That's, thank, thank you. That's grift. That, that's number one. Now, here comes the grift. It has come to my attention that people that watch the rundown have purchased exactly this many memberships. What? Zero. How many? I missed it. How many? Zero. <laughs> no! That's not true. Zero. It can't be true. Point. Zero. Sh- shame on all you listeners out there. Now, using the coup using the coupon code PARROT, apparently for thir- for a mere $30 off, 30 shekels off, is just it's not enough. So I have a proposition. If you go to crusadechannel.com forward slash parrot. Two R's, two T's. Get it right. From now until they run out, and they're not going to run out, run out. If you get to the, click that page, that's a one-year Founders Pass membership. You can listen to the Parrot, uh, to, uh, Parrot Talk, my show, the early show, all the other great shows. Uh, you, you have access to all the podcasts, the live stream, and, and crystal clear stereo, the whole shebang. Uh, one year costs you 0.0. It's free. What? Free for a year? Free for... Now, here's my theory. Look, and some people say that I'm nuts. NVT nuts. But I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) So because I'm NVT nuts, uh, my theory is that once they come on board, Ryan Grant's going to have a new show coming up here, I think, sometime soon. Mm -hmm. We already had the Parrot Talk. We have all kind of podcasts on Crusade Max that people don't even know exist. We crank new ones out every day. We have seven hours of live radio every day. We have our own news department. I think that once we can get the rundown viewers to crusadechannel.com and get them listening and get them downloading and hanging around on the site, maybe even going into the chat room, that they will feel so guilty that they've done it for free that they'll either make a donation or they'll upgrade and they'll become a super-duper premium member. But, yes, 0.0. You won't even have to give your credit card a checkout. If you go to crusadechannel.com forward slash parrot, and then make sure you put the coupon in, parrot, and then all is well and all is free. There is such a thing as a free lunch, guys. And like the cat, you can count your savings. Point zero. This fits my uh, poverty budget. (laughs) You're already a member. I gave you one. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. I married Dominic Giacoppa's daughter. <laughs> Who comes up with these sound bites? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You you would literally, ladies and gentlemen, you would have to be smoking dope to miss out on this deal. I'm gonna send him to outer space to find another race. 
You'd have to be NVT nuts and, I don't know, think the world is flat to, to, to forego this deal. <laughs> You'd have to be this dumb to think the world is flat and miss the deal. All right. All right. I wish I could smoke and drink on my four hours of purgatory every day. You, you know what? You, you go hard. Hey, it's just, it's just it's a dungeon. It looks like a dungeon in here. I get locked in here for four hours a day. In my new office, I'm going to be able to smoke in because the office is in a cigar lounge. Wow. <laughs> Mike Church, you need you to put what? some icons or something in that uh, foam room. If the King dude was smoking and drinking at five in the morning, I think we would have to have an intervention. <laughs> Me too. Uh, I would be the intervention. <laughs> so before I go, I just want to know, what is it you're actually going to talk about? Because I might want to say something before I leave. Oh, well, you know, wait. Well, I got queued up. I got queued up uh, FBI whistleblowers. You want to get into that? Uh, did a, no, uh, you're talking about Kyle, the Kyle Serafin et al.? Yeah. No. The, well, no. Not, are there not new ones? Yeah, not, yeah. These are the actual whistleblowers who talk about the, the repercussion they received from their uh, uh, from their superiors over the January sixth situation. Oh no, I, I I had not seen that, but I'm done with the federal government. And I think it's time we uh, diplomatically figure out. We need diplomats to, uh, to yeah. make I our, nego- so I, I make our negotiations for order. secession. I, I have got one order. I got Elon right. Musk on free speech. I got Vice getting mocked at CPAC. <clears throat> Zelensky in the Vatican. Uh, what else do I have queued up here? Cease fire, Ryan. Cease fire. Okay. The King Dude has interviewed five presidential candidates. Will he interview presidential candidate Dr. Taylor Marshall? That's my question. If you'll call me back. <laughs> I haven't talked to the man. He owes me a steak dinner. I haven't talked to him in uh, two years. Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. No. I've been, no, I, 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 I mean, there's oh, frost man. growing around me here. It's, it, it's, it's oh. cold in here. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you heard that here on the rundown. Uh, well, what are your thoughts on the Marshall Law, the new Marshall Plan, tailor-made for America? Um, what, what do you think about all this? Well, uh, since we have a black guy in the room, it's kind of like saying, I'm going to vote for Obama because he's a black guy and I'm black. <laughs> I don't think you should go like, hey, there's a Catholic running. I'm going to vote for the Catholic guy because then you would have gotten Biden. Ooh, well. So uh, uh, I'll tell you, uh, uh, honestly, uh, from what I've seen thus far, I'm not excited. Um, there's been a, some 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 things thrown out there that you just throw some red meat out to your, your red Catholic guys. We're all going to have marriages between one man and one woman. Well, you're going to have to go to the States to do that doc, because that doesn't happen out of the executive office. Uh, Most of what he has said thus far, we all agree with it. I agree with it, but you can't do that as president. And as I have been kind of trying to gently push back process matters, constitution matters. There is no office of the presidency without the uh, the U.S. Constitution. If you don't have the U.S. Constitution, always have it handy. You don't have the U.S. Constitution, you don't have Article Two. you don't have the presidency. So what's in this and what you do with it matters. So I haven't seen anything that would indicate to me that he's a serious constitutional-minded candidate for the presidency. I'm not saying he's not serious, but I haven't seen anything that would indicate to me that because there's serious duties in here, really serious stuff in here. 
Um, and uh, I just think a, a little bit more deference to that would go uh, would go a long way. I'm not ruling it out, and I'd love to talk to him about it. As a matter of fact, I'd volunteer my services. I know a little bit about this. I've kind of written half a dozen movies and spent 15 years studying it. I know some really wise guys that could advise him and would be jump at the chance to advise him. So uh, I don't think... Like, uh... I believe that together we can make America great again. And... I believe that I did not have any relations with that constitution. I never used it. I never used it as an ass wipe. I never did. They said I did, but I didn't do it. That's a lie. Anyone that said I did it is lying. Man, your Slick Willie voice is pretty good. Uh, I, like, I, I, I like Taylor, and I want him to do well, but yeah. he's got to run as a presidential candidate and not as this, well, I'm going to be the every Catholic guy. That doesn't make you president. If you, then if you want to be, if you want to be that kind of president, well, then lead a secession party. Say mm-hmm. that in here in Texas, uh, look, I have all kinds of things to say about this. You can shut me up at any time. Texas has six districts in it, 1843 Constitution Convention, that they said that they could return to them anytime they wanted to. He might make a great president for that district in Texas where he lives near modern day in Dallas. Um, there, and so there's all sorts of things. I don't hear the I, I don't hear anything that's that's presidential candidate coming forth from that i hear i'm appealing to my catholic bros that's what i hear and that's fine but that's kind of like a parlor trick to me so uh, i see ryan nodding his head because i think you should be serious about this and i think a serious catholic candidate could really make some serious points it could say look this constitution here is 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 built upon the catholic principle of, of subsidiarity it's not perfect it doesn't have the god clause in it but it does recognize that the states created the monster mm-hmm. and that the monster doesn't exist without the states. That's subsidiarity. Uh, so a return to, uh, to municipal rule with the, with, with, with the police forces and what have you, those are all things. I did a podcast on this, guys. You can go mm-hmm. watch it, thekingdude.substack.com. What an actual camp, Catholic campaign for the presidency would sound like. And I never mentioned Taylor. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I don't play that game. I'm not trying to tear him down from a distance. Um but there are things that a that a serious Catholic candidate could pick up on that are mm-hmm. actually baked into this, and we have some history behind it, and I think that they're actionable. So uh, that's my thought on it, and I hope he does it, or I hope someone does it. If it's not him, right. then I hope someone does it. Mm-hmm. There I is just got my email from Maggie O'Connell confirming that I have purchased my Humility of Heart package. Ooh. So there we go. Um, wait, what do you make, King Dude? What do you make of the of the what is floating out there that Ron DeSantis secretly goes to the SSPX masses in Florida? I've heard this. Does he publicly announce that he's going to run against Trump on Tuesday? Uh, it seems like he's coming out. Uh, I think this is the biggest political blunder in the history of political <laughs> blunders. I think this is the greatest unforced error that you could ever possibly make. Yeah. He's not going to take the nomination, mm-hmm. and especially after all that Trump's been through. Just give it to the guy. Whether you like him or not, just give it yeah. to him. Uh, it's an unnecessary split in the party. And the thing is, DeSantis still commands a, a good position in Florida, although he did not win by a wide margin in the last race either. And so he needs to really look at his back flank, I think. And and the fact is that if he tries to get the nomination, he's going to end up splitting the party. He's going to end up 
creating the, this real division. And the fact is, if Trump and, and granted, we on this program are not huge Trumpists. We're not huge fans of Trump. I've never been. I'm just looking at it objectively speaking on the landscape. If things are what they claim to be. And the fact is, if, if DeSantis puts himself in the primary and says it debates against Trump, Trump, it'll be really destructive for him because Trump is one of those guys. He doesn't take crap. He, he's a bull in the ring. I mean, you just saw him on CNN and everything right right in the, the heart of the beast, although there's a certain amount of that that I wonder if it wasn't scripted. But beside that, you know, DeSantis is not going to end up winning the nomination. It's going to cause a lot of pain on the way. And I, I just don't think it's 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 productive at this stage when if you want to get a good stopgap for four years to help people get a breathing space. Um, I don't like Trump, but, you know, he would be a better you know guy in there than 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 Biden to do that. And I don't think DeSantis can do it right now. I think he still needs to build his capital in order to do that. That does just me. Well, some people have made the comparison that he's Ronald Reagan. He's not Reagan. Uh, he could be. But re don't forget, Reagan took the fall in 1976. Rather than campaign hard against Gerald Ford, mm -hmm. he actually went, all right, all right, I see a brighter day ahead. And he was 64 at the time. Right. So Reagan mm -hmm. went, all right, all right, I'll live, to, uh, I'll live to campaign another day. And, of course, ultimately he did. And uh, that's where you know, I was asked this question at a rally in Florida uh, on Mardi Gras on Ash Wednesday, the day before, on Fat Tuesday, rather. And that was the answer that I gave. I said, if he wants to be Ronald Reagan, then be the Ronald Reagan of 1976 and introduce Trump at the Republican National Convention, who is going to be the nominee, and then sit there quietly and patiently in the wings and build your, build your national network up in the next four years, because Trump can't run again. That, that's all predicated on that, that the union actually survives. And I'm not so sure that right, that's a, that's right. a foregone conclusion anymore. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So sure, speaking about that. Point. Now, what yes. do you think about, what do you think about the, uh, the idea that, uh, so, so speaking of Reagan, Reagan only succeeded in 80, not only because he, he had some grace in, in 76, but also really you could point to 1964, Barry Goldwater. That's a, time, a time for choosing. Oh, you, oh I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, Mike. Go, go ahead, uh, Mr. Church. No, no, no. I was just nodding in my head. The time for choosing was a, was a great talk. A time for choosing that was, was, was for the Goldwater campaign. But ultimately, what did it produce? It didn't produce Reagan, the presidential candidate. It produced Ronald Reagan, two-term governor of California. So, I mean, that's what that's what gets Reagan firmly into politics is that, hey, this guy can actually talk the game. And he went and gave this talk about, you know, this time for choosing talk, which, by the way, kind of trivial, but cool. How did most pe people come upon time for choosing? A vinyl record. Looking, looking for a vinyl record. No, no, an album. It was an album. Yeah. Came out. Look, look it up. Google it. Came out as an album. People were actually buying the albums. He was going around signing, having album signing parties. Wow. Um, but but the time for choosing did not produce the, the Reagan the presidential candidate. It produced Reagan the politician because he was still president yes. of the Screen Actors Guild at the time. Yes. Uh, yeah. I named a daughter after Ronald Reagan. Ask me what you want to know. I can tell you about him. Um, <laughs> he, he 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 was he, he was uh, it's a, we can lament the fact that he we we don't have it on any good authority that he converted before he died. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, his uh, Craig Shirley, his his primary 
biographer who I've known I've interviewed several times, Craig says, Mike, it didn't happen. And Craig's a good Catholic. He goes, we want it to happen. Maybe in his thoughts, maybe he did it. And that's what, you know, we can hope for. Yeah. But DeSantis actually has a Reagan moment here. And the Reagan, the Reagan moment, he can go and campaign hard against Trump. And maybe that's the plan. Knowing that he's not going to get it, he'll mail it in at the end. He'll endorse Trump. And then in 2028, if there is a union, and again, I don't. If I had to bet, the Vegas odds eight to five that there's not. Eight to five is the morning line right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that to me would be DeSantis's role. I want to keep keep your eyes on two things though, and then I'm going to go spend the rest of the evening with my lovely wife. Two things. Vivek Ramaswamy is a serious guy who talks a great, really good. You'd almost think he was a traddy. <laughs> you really would. Oh, you really would. He's, I've noticed that. I've he noticed is. That. He's very well spoken, but it's not just he's well spoken. He is at the core, and he's not one of these goofball libertarian. Oh, we'll just let the market sort it out, guys. He's a law and order kind. Uh, he, uh, he he's a lot more R- Rand Paul than he is Ron Paul. Right. Okay, does right. that make sense? I like the guy. I really do. I like him as a candidate. I like what I like his talks. Keep an eye on him. Because that's somebody that could also that could make it all the way to the end, maybe maybe even make it uh, as long as DeSantis makes it into campaign. And he may wind up as vice president. And I'm serious about that. Second thing, watch RFK Jr. The Democrat Party does not want RFK Jr. They don't. They don't want to lose. They, don't, they, they cannot surrender power because they're going to lose the deep state under Trump. This yeah. is life or death for them. I believe that someone in the Democrat Party... Told RFK Jr., dude, you got to run. You got to remember, look, he's a Kennedy. This is blue blood, demon crap blood here. This goes back five generations, the Kennedy family and Democrat politics. That is not an accident that RFK Jr. decided he was going to run. Because if he really wanted to take Biden on, he would have taken him on as an independent. Or if he really just wanted to try and win, he'd be John Anderson in 1980 or Ross Perot in 1992. That's not the play. The Democrats put RFK Jr. in there as the he is the failsafe when the old man goes completely Alzheimer's. So, or when he just can't campaign, they can't put a lid on him and they can't fake it. So watch RFK Jr. And by the way, it's, it, it's, it's kind of interesting to watch all of the former Kennedy bro media types just assail mm-hmm. him in the media. And I think he's that's a, still one of them. Yes. Eight out of 10 issues. He's still one of them. I actually think, Ryan, he's closer to six. For us, I'd say and he is a Catholic. Mm-hmm. For us, <laughs> I would Kennedy, say he for us, means, you know. <laughs> he is he is three or four out of ten for us. But mm-hmm. the three or four are very important ones. They're good ones. Right. Um, uh, he actually is a, like a, 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 a Scoop Jackson, a yellow mm-hmm. dog uh, Democrat kind. He's not a neocon for sure. So uh, those are two guys that I think you watch very carefully. Um, and uh, as, as we're, we're not in 2024 yet, um, as, the, as this campaign gets underway, don't forget the big hot dog eating contest ha- happens in Iowa at the Iowa State Fair. Mm-hmm. Ryan, you're close enough to go cover it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where the real politicking is done at the Iowa State Fair. We'll know everything Ooh. about everything that is to be known about 2024 at the Iowa State Fair in the first second week in, uh, uh, of August. I mean, the rundown should go cover it. <laughs> oh, the rundown hey, goes to road Iowa. trip! Road trip! Road trip. Road trip. Yeah. I probably would. <laughs> 
So that's all my, right. uh, that's, uh, thanks for asking. That's my, uh, my take on all that. And mm -hmm. go to humilityofheart.com to go sign up for the, uh, 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 the month of humility and the rundown, your listeners, come on now. Y'all got to repeat this a couple times. Crusadechannel.com forward slash parrot. A year free. I'm giving $150 away here tonight. There anybody that wants it. This is the opposite of a grift, Mike. This is a donation you're making. Anti-grift. I'm the anti-grift. I know. You're the opposite of grift. You know what we need? What do you think we need to do? Oh, we need a revolution. We need it now. We need it now. Not later. Now. We need a revolution, ladies and gentlemen. Viva revolution. Hey, final question for you before you go. I know it's a date night. Huey Long. How do we get a Huey Long? I don't want a Ronald Reagan. I don't want a Donald Trump. I want Huey Long. How do we get that? Um, go recruit someone who's an organized crime. <laughs> 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 so Huey Long's motto was a chicken in every pot. But in Louisiana, they say it was a chicken in every pot, but the, chick but the chicken was stolen by Huey's, by Huey's brother, Earl. Oh, so. boy. <laughs> oh boy. Look, if you ever if you came, you came to Louisiana, I don't think you guys went that far far enough east. If you cross the Mississippi River Bridge on I-10, you yeah. will cross the Huey Long Bridge. Mm -hmm. If you cross the Mississippi River Bridge in the town called Metairie, as you look at it on a map, it's Metairie for us, you will cross cross the Huey Long Bridge. The state capitol building in as I called it Rouge Beton, Louisiana, was built in the 1930s, and the chief dreamer of the whole shebang was Huey Long. He asked the architect a question. He said, how tall is the tallest Capitol building in the U.S.? Architect said, I don't know. I'll have to get back to you on that. Architect came back and said, it's the one in California. It's 36 stories tall. He goes, make our 37. That's the kind of populist that Huey Long was. Mm -hmm. uh, he got a lot of stuff done, but he also, he, he, he kind of, I, I can't sing his praises, Mike. I'm sorry. What? I, no, no. I'm shocked. I, I, just, no. I just, I didn't even ask you beforehand. I just made it the assumption. No, there, there, there's a good part of Huey Long, and there's the other part of Huey Long. Mm. Uh, don't forget, Huey Long was also an infamous womanizer. Uh, there's, there, there's that, as mm. was his brother. I think Paul Newman played the brother in a movie, mm. uh, the Kingfish. We called the, the movie called mm. the Kingfish. The Long family was famous for kind of pioneering this, this, this thing, the thing the state, the state of Louisiana patented which was we had a patent and we had we were world heavyweight we were whoo we were rick flair and blackjack mulligan's world heavyweight tag team champions of political corruption the only thing that bailed us out was term limits in 1997 and then after that mississippi has held the title ever since uh that all began primarily under huey uh mm -hmm. are you familiar with the system of patronage oh yeah all right Mm -hmm. Huey was fantastic at the system of patronage. I'm actually not opposed to the system of patronage. I, I'll take it over what we have today. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, it's not a complete and total uh, smackdown of Huey Long uh, or a populism. But remember those populists of the 1930s, though, that they, they weren't, the, they weren't the, the kind of populists that you would have today. Um, I'd say if you want to look at a populist, you want to look at somebody that's really probably closer to what we are, Look at um, uh, Willie, William William Jennings Bryan. 
mm-hmm. who ran five times, five times for the presidency. <laughs> William Jennings Bryan, I think, was a populist. He wasn't a Republican. He wasn't a Democrat. He wasn't a bull moose party guy. He was a gold standard guy. He opposed the Fed. He opposed the 16th Amendment. Opposed the 17th Amendment. Opposed the suffrage amendment. Uh, <laughs> I'm not doing anything. Who's doing this? <laughs> I think that you're more of a William Jennings Bryan guy than you are a Huey Long guy. All right. All right. I'll, I'll have to look at him. I think as of right now, I'm just a Bishop Williamson guy. That Catholic <laughs> faith and Jewish power are like the two pans of a pair of scales. As Catholic faith goes up, Jewish power goes down. As Catholic faith goes down, Jewish power goes up. Because the Jews have all... ...was killed by a Jew. Yes. And if you ever go to the Capitol, go to the Capitol. The Louisiana Capitol is fascinating. It's, it's a marvel of architecture. In the mezzanine where the elevators are, where you go up to the high floors, mm-hmm. there are signs on the wall where the bullets... Because he emptied, it was a revolver. He emptied all six, all six, six uh, bullets wow. uh, fr- from the chamber. Wow. Um, <clears throat> one of them hit the governor Long uh, as a ricochet, bounced off the marble wall wow. as a ricochet. Uh, but there was either there's either two or three bullets that are still into the marble wall uh, in the mezzanine. But if you go up to the top of the Louisiana State Capitol, have you ever been to the top of the Empire State Building, the actual real top? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. James, you have. No, 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 I haven't been up there. Mike, you've been up there? Yes, I've been there, yes. It's like that. There's a very small, narrow spiral staircase you have to climb to get to the top. And if you have vertigo like I do, I got up there and I went, yeah. I kind of did the Clark Griswold at the the Grand Canyon. I went, yep, done. Get me down. (laughs) (laughs) This This was the king dude coming down from the Capitol building. By the way, I apologize for the music. I'm on a new rig on a new computer, and so I was looking for tracks for later in the show. And uh, even though I had my mic muted, I guess it's it's tied into the system here, so it was still playing on the system when I didn't mean it to. So I apologize for that. Yeah, we're just going to say Gary did it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it is 11 and three-quarter inches tall. If you're thinking about how this is going to fit into your... <laughs> I don't want to know. Nope, nobody wants nope. to know. <laughs> nope. All right, gentlemen, it's been a uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been a blast. Gosh, you guys have a lot of fun. Uh, can I just invite myself any Friday night I want to ask? Yes, I, I'll yes, just, just, we'll just give you the link every time. Well, Good thank night, you. Dude. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, brothers. God bless you, Mary. Keep all Take of you. Take care. God bless you. Let's get serious. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight on The Rundown, the four of us are announcing our candidacy against each other for the presidency of the United States of America. And at the end of The Rundown, we will be giving our 
two-minute campaign stump speech, which you'll be voting on on the poll and Twitter for who gives the best campaign stump speech. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that the whole show has to be adversarial. We, we don't have to. We don't have to fight each other the whole show. Uh, we can actually agree upon some things before we get to the stump speeches, and then at that point, it's basically a free for all. Uh, so let's get started. Uh, top story tonight. Where's that FBI video? That that thing Labeled. is definitely worth watching. I can't even. I can't find it. I got it. Mr. Allen, we just heard, uh, astonishingly heard a Democrat on this committee question your allegiance to the United States. How many tours in Iraq did you do? I did two tours in Iraq, sir. And, and for how many decades have you held a security clearance? Uh, for two decades, sir. Ever been called into question before? No, sir. And, and you also received the Employee of the Year Award for the Charlotte Field Office, is that right? That is correct, sir. Did you receive any medals during your service for the Marine Corps and the United States Navy? I did, sir. As a member of the Marine Corps, I received two, uh, a Navy Commendation Medal and a Navy Achievement Medal. Seems to me your allegiance to the United States is pretty well established over multiple decades, wearing the uniform, fighting for our country, and I am proud that you continue to fight for our country as a whistleblower here, making a disclosure to the United States Congress. Uh, and Mr. Allen, is it your belief that you were retaliated against because you shared an email that questioned the truthfulness of FBI Director Christopher Wray? Yes, sir. And you believed that he wasn't truthful based on testimony he'd given to the United States Senate, isn't that right? Yes, sir. And in that testimony to the Senate, you believe that Christopher Wray indicated that there were no confidential informants and no uh, FBI assets that were present at the Capitol on January 6th that were part of the violent riot. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Please play the video. We're, we're now going to hear from George Hill, who worked at the Boston field office. The SSA in Boston said they were going to a political rally, which is First Amendment protected activity. No, we're not uploading. We're not starting cases on these people. To which they said, well, we're going to call your SAC. And the SSA said, go right ahead. Because when you're pushing back, you know, you want to make sure that you have your, your six covered. So the SAC and the ASAC were intimately aware of these kinds of exchanges that were going on. And again, to his credit, um, Joe Bonavolanta said, no, we're not opening up cases on people who went to a rally. And I forgot a key part. The SSA for CT2 said, happy to do it. Show us where they were inside the Capitol and we'll look into it. To which WFO said, we can't show you those videos unless you can tell us the exact time and place those individuals were inside the Capitol, to which the SSA responded back. And I was privy to these conversations firsthand. Why can't you show us, why can't you just send us, the, give us access to the 11,000 hours of video of this exam that's available? Because there may be, may be UCs, undercover officers, or CHS's confidential human, for, confidential human sources on those videos whose identity we need to protect. So, Mr. Allen, you got retaliated against for the very thing, for saying the very thing that the Washington field office was telling Boston when the Boston field office was saying, we're not going to go and investigate people that just showed up at a rally without sufficient criminal predicate. 
the, the Washington field office told Boston, well, you know what, we can't give you the evidence because it might disclose the very CIs and UCs that you are concerned about. But that doesn't surprise you, Mr. O'Boyle, does it? No, sir. And the reason it doesn't surprise you is that in a different part of the country, you saw that same pressure from the Washington field office. And did they ever try to get you to do something that was outside the normal order of law enforcement activity? Yes, sir. And what did the Washington field office try to get you to do that violated the law and regulations? They tried to get me to serve a federal grand jury subpoena when there was no proper predicate to do so. And the reason there was no predicate was because it was based on an anonymous tip, right? That's correct. And time and again, the Washington field office was trying to pressure you without corroboration to go start process on people. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. And so while I agree that January 6th was a violent day, a bad day, a day that nobody wants to relive, violence on January 6th doesn't justify weaponizing the government against people who were innocent and did nothing wrong. Thank you for blowing the whistle on that. All right, we got to be careful. We're on YouTube. We're on the big channel tonight. Uh, we obviously can't say certain phrases, uh, gentlemen, but as we go around the horn on what we've seen First of all, I think uh, I'll just start it off with Gates. Matt Gates, he's kind of a douche. He's definitely a frat boy. He's uh, someone who's really obnoxious. But here he is uh, questioning some whistleblowers at the Federal Bureau of Investigation who are admitting that, in fact, what we knew that Ted Cruz uncovered uh, in, in live testimony in front of the American people, um, basically, more or less, that the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation not only was involved... They were there. They had confidential informants there. And that there has been misconduct at the FBI. So uh, the only thing I'm going to point out here is that you cannot have your cake and eat it too. You cannot simultaneously on one hand say, the feds are involved, therefore this priest is guilty because the feds never get it wrong, while also saying, you know what, the feds do get it wrong because they're liars and cheats and thieves. So either they're infiltrating our Catholic masses and they're unjustly spying upon all of us and they're rabble-rousing and creating false flag events, or they're white knight heroes who are saving the children from pedo priests. But it's not both of those things. Ryan. So I know a priest who got an IT professional, a brilliant guy, to, to come in and structure you know his, his own internet in such a way where uh, they can't come in and put child porn on his own computer. And that's because that's the thing he's most worried about is the FBI coming in and just sticking it on his computer and then saying, hey, you look, you did this. And so partly because of, of the Jackson case and because this individual priest knows Jackson and no, and, and it believes like we do that there's no way he did what they're claiming he did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, it's it's something that you know, and this guy's not a conspiracy theorist, not even like usually usually kind of milk toast on certain things. But saw that New Jackson said, you know what, this is what's coming down the pike. I better get prepped for this kind of thing, right? So there's that. Now, I, I think we we covered the FBI on stuff like setting people up and creating entrapment schemes and things of that sort. We did this last year. I remember I did an intro video with Merrick Garland going, oh, the men of the women, the FBI professional, and with intersplicing that with, uh, I remember doing that and intersplicing it with like total FBI epic fails uh, and things of that sort. But 
in, in this case, you know, it's here you've got, I mean, because the Bureau is a big place and there's a multiplicity of people there, there. And the ones that are willing to do the stuff like I featured in that one intro I did with the guys doing really stupid crap, guys doing totally illegal crap, uh, guys doing things that, that, that any one of us would have been put away for 20 years for. And they, they got nothing, of course. Um, you know, those are the guys that are the team players. They're willing to do the things that are illegal. Now, these whistleblowers you're seeing there, they're the guys who devoted themselves to something that doesn't exist. Uh -huh. They think that they, they want to uphold justice. They want to uphold the law. And then they come against this, uh, you know, mess of corruption that says, no, we want you to do this. We want you to do this. And this is what happens to every whistleblower. And, and this is where I really have to call out the media and mock the media. The media likes to uphold themselves the guardians of truth. And we say this, and we do this. We know so much better than you plebs. But they're the ones who sit on stories and don't report them when they're told not to by their higher-ups because their higher-ups are part of the same six people that own all media in this country. So ultimately, are answerable to them. So they're not going to get in and do anything. And, and yet, and so they'll ignore whistleblowers like these people that are being featured on Congress right now. Why they're being allowed to be there, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a temporary thing. But it's, uh, you know, this country does not do a very good job about treating whistleblowers to government misconduct. And you look at some that, frankly, I'm convinced are limited hangout operations like Edward Snowden. I'm convinced Snowden was a limited hangout operation. I'm not, I don't convince he's genuine. But people there were people that were reporting on the stuff that snowden reported on long before snowden even talked about it or opened his mouth and i mean snowden used to operate on forums for disinformation and his handle was mendox mendox in latin means liar by the way and uh you know so i don't trust snowden as far as i could throw the building i'm currently standing in but then there's people like russ tice russ tice this is back in 2004 discovered that the NSA had uh, basically tie-ins to every cell phone, every single device that can possibly send out. They had tie-ins to it. He's trying to warn the media. He was a whistleblower. He was trying to warn the media. Hey, you think you got independent sources? You think you got anonymous sources? No, no, you don't. They already know who these guys are. These guys are, are pretty much going to be destroyed as soon as they come on. Media ignored them. They did nothing. And, of course, then Snowden comes out, oh, I got this metadata, which is a bunch of stuff that only IT professionals know how to read. And it ultimately didn't amount to all that much. And, and certain media people, Glenn Greenwald, uh, uh, specific, uh, Glenn Greenwald specifically, sat on it, hit it, and so nobody could see what it was. But, um, but ultimately, it's like you've had people whistleblowing and stuff for years. They get shut down. Or you look at Julian Assange. Now, yes. Is Julian Assange part of a weird cult in Australia originally? Yes, he is. Is Julian Assange an intricately good guy? No, he's not. What did Julian Assange do that got him the ire of the U.S. government? That got him extradited, put into solitary confinement, drugged up, and all the other you know, horrors that they've done to him? Well, he reported true information. Well, whistleblowing, as it were. In the media is absolutely silent about all of that. And I look at these same FBI whistleblowers. And, of course, we got another video here about some of these guys that are missing. And, uh, you know, I don't know when you want to hit to that one. It's, it's labeled that way. Um, you know, but, but it's like I, I don't, you know, I don't know that. You know, these are basically people who are seeing this crap, trying to speak their conscience because they really believe in the system. And uh, it's, it's not going to turn out really well for them because the system is ultimately going to. I mean, you look at what they did to someone like Epstein, who had so much dirt on so many people. They still killed him. 
um you know or he killed himself with the, the cameras magically turned off and the security guards looking the other way uh, with a sheet that couldn't possibly hold his weight uh, because he was already on suicide watch. They wouldn't give him a real sheet that he could have actually hang, hanged himself with. So there you go. I mean, it's, um, you know, when it comes to the FBI, I mean, you look what they've done to pro-lifers, you look what they did to Mark Mark Houck, and you look at what they, they've done to other people. I mean, here's one too. So here's, here's a quick little video. I'm not going to do the whole thing about a minute or so in these are fbi agents coming to a house where they know the pro-life activist that they want to interview is not resident but they're going anyway because they're it's purposeful intimidation they know exactly where this person lives they're trying to intimidate this woman's family here we go hi we're looking for elise i'm sorry she's not here can i ask if you need regards to yeah sure uh, my name's ashley roberts and this is kathleen brown we're both with the fbi we just need to speak with her regarding some information that was sent in to us. Okay. Well, she doesn't live here. Oh, okay. So, I mean, she's my daughter, but this is just her residence currently. Okay. Do, so, you, do you mind giving us her residence or her phone number by chance? Yeah. Can, um, hold on a second. Sure. She's not in any trouble. We just have information that we need to ask her about. Okay. And they know exactly where she lives, by the way. Do you mind if I take a picture of your badges? Uh, unfortunately, we're not allowed to, to have anyone take our pictures. Can I see it again, please? Sure. Oh, you're not a healthy badger picture? Yeah. <laughs> well, you can, you can always call our office, too, and they can verify our, our employment, because it is weird. Not every day you get a knock on the door from the FBI. No, and I'm, like, in a meeting upstairs, so I wasn't trying to not answer. Well, yeah, I was trying not to answer the door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no worries, I'm kind of, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, whoever's at the door is being, like, uber persistent. Give me a minute. <laughs> Sorry. So, no, that's okay. We can leave you our office number if you would like to call. Me yeah, let me do that. That sounds good. <laughs> This woman does not have a business card. She's staring at a piece of paper. Yep. That's the professionalism you get in the modern FBI. Yeah, sorry to interrupt your meeting. No, you're good. So can you tell me what you said it's in regards to? And we, we would tell you all the information, because like I said, she's not in any trouble. But just out of respect for her, we'd like to speak with her first. And then okay. if she feels like talking to you, which I'm sure she will, because it's Nothing. Out of respect for her, we came to your house. Yeah. When we know exactly where she lives, I mean, the freaking FBI, they know exactly where this woman lives. Hang up. Right. She's so, yeah. you know, so, James, uh, we also learned in the Durham report this week with respect to federal law enforcement and the FBI, in fact, uh, that the that private citizen Donald J. Trump was surveilled. And that Hillary Clinton did, in fact, concoct the Russia scheme and that the entire impeachment upon him and the Comey thing and all of it was all fake fraudulent uh, from the beginning. Um, you know, we spent the first part of the show talking about the presidential selections. Where do you see this going in the future? When you say, when do I see this going in the future, what, what exactly are you referring well, to? Well, you know, I mean, where, where do you see this going in terms of the power of the swamp, the uh, FBI yeah, turning yeah, against Catholics, yeah. uh, whether or not yeah. a president can even stop them? Yeah, well, you know, um, and I'll say this. I've been saying this for a while, and I'll keep, keep saying this. 
the person who has gotten the closest to doing anything about this was the person we quote unquote voted for in 2016. I don't think we're going to have another chance to deal with this the way this should have been dealt with in 2016 through 2020. You know, we had every, every uh, power uh, in our pocket to do something about this. But instead, we learn uh, down the line just recently that the person of uh, DJT actually um, listened to people on both sides of the party, Democrats and Republicans, when they said, oh, no, 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 you have to select uh, Ray for this position. He is the man for this position. And who listens to Democrats and Republicans on any issue at all when they're united? They're only united against the American people. So for somebody to be in a position of power such as he was and not see um, how he was being used, if you want to use that expression, um, and how he was being activated against the American people, um, it's sad to say that if you, one cannot see that, then there's nothing else that can happen in the future except to bow down to whatever uh, the demands the swamp makes. The swamp creature is here to stay. 2016, 2019, crucial years, we could have done something about, about the swamp. You know, uh, if your first instinct is to fire the one person who can actually drain the swamp in the military, um, uh, uh, what was his name, uh, General Flynn, uh, out of fear of reprisal, and then uh, basically kneecap your office, uh, you had a chance to appoint, even after the, the failed administration of um, Jeff Sessions, you had a chance to appoint somebody who would actually um, adhere to the Constitution. Again, failed twice, appointed instead a Bush lifelong appointee, uh, uh, AG, AG um, what's, what's his name? It's escaping my mind right now. Um, yes. To appoint Barr in such a position uh, that for him was crucial at the time to actually make sure that he was in command. You know, so he kneecapped himself many, many times. And I'm sorry to say, I have no faith in somebody like uh, DJ T. He was now saying, oh, by the way, give me another chance. I'll do it better. I believe the first time was the last time. Uh, and uh, the the swamp is is here to stay. And they're they're declaring it. All, this, all these uh, things that are being released right now uh, basically give people on the low totem pole uh, the idea that something is so close to happening if we elect him again. Now that now that uh, you can actually uh, stand uh, with him in frustration at how the FBI treated him, which, mind you, by the way, that was that was what 2016 through 2019 was. And if he didn't feel that he that we had his back in those years, there's nothing else that can happen that will change that to let to leave the office at the crucial moment when people were saying, you know what, we are behind you. The election was stolen. We are behind you. And to say, well, you know, uh, sorry, guys, go home. Uh, there's nothing we, we can do here. And the general, the, the January 6th, uh, 6th uh, uh, people are incarcerated and some of them have committed suicide. You know, so this is just crazy talk for them to put us in a situation again of taking another crazy pill that will keep us, you know. Oh, this whole thing. The, one last thing. Uh, the whole thing with Q, big psyop. I'm now the impression that, yes, it was a psyop from the very beginning, of course. But I'm thinking 
this couldn't have just not just be one man per operation. Could it be several people operation? It most probably was an AI psyop, you know, coming from within the uh, intelligence agencies. Because that way it's handled more effectively. And, uh, you know, people are just opening their mouths and lapping anything come, that came out of Q. Uh, and till today, there's still people out there who are thinking Q, Q is somewhere and is going to revive when Donald Trump resurfaces as the uh, main candidate. So all this is just really, <laughs> this is just really frustrating to see how we keep basically going to the same muck and digging up the muck and saying there's something at the bottom of this muck and I'm soon going to reach it. I'm soon going to pull it out and this is going to be mine. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous. You did it, Mike. <laughs> I reject that. That's fake news. <laughs> Father Martin, I want to delve into moral theology for a second and we need your expertise Many people who watch The Rundown are young. Some of them are single. Some of them are figuring out what their professions are going to be. Some of them have delusions of grandeur. They say, well, <coughs> I'll enter government. Maybe I'll join one of these three-letter agencies. Perhaps I can join the CIA. What are the, what are the things that we need to be thinking through if – Federal law enforcement means that you have to be a liar and you have to violate people's natural rights. You have to spy on them. If being a federal uh, spy means that you have to lie and dissimulate all the time, can a Roman Catholic in good conscience serve in any of these capacities? And even more broadly, how about DOD in general, which is now absolutely gay across the board, gay loving, poop sex is their favorite religion, uh, and if you don't agree with poop sex, then uh, can you even can you even wear the military uniform? So there's lots of. I am not gay. I have relationships with women. Sex with men. And I got news for you. That means you're gay. <laughs> from that to me okay <laughs> it's a good transition to father Martin. exactly i mean three letter uh acronyms all that kind of stuff the real the reality is in and of itself sure i mean it's fine patriotism right you want to serve your government you want to serve your country you can enter these institutions but because we have the foreknowledge to know that the only way you could actually make a career make a living and and uh persevere through through any of these things is, is to is to lie is to play the game Play the game is what people are calling it. Some people um, believe it's like, oh, I'll just play the game. Prudence, the ends justify the means. All this mm -hmm. kind of stuff. I could lie to to bring about a conversion of America, to to restore, to convert the government, to bring it back to something that's more sane. All that kind of stuff. No, you can't. The ends do not justify the means. Um, but the reality is also too that a lot of Catholics are are uh, afraid of revolution because it also means well, there's consequences for you, the consequences of your family. All that kind of stuff, because, you know, if you start a revolution, they did this, you know, and I forget what movie it was. I was watching some movie about, you know, 1776, the revolution there and and the Brits were going after the uh, the family members of those who are fighting in the revolution. Like, of course, the the men were out fighting the, the war. And so the Brits went in and burnt their homes and killed their families while they were away. You know, there there are risks. Um, no, the Brits didn't actually do that. That's the Patriot. No, there you go. 
Um, but there, there's always those kinds of risks, as, you, as we saw in the video where the FBI goes after someone's family rather than them just for intimidation, all that kind of stuff. Um, because at the end of the day, I mean, if they do do that kind of stuff, who's going to hold them accountable? The only way you could hold them accountable is if you in the war and then hold them in trial. And then, sure, you execute them, but that doesn't bring your family back. So in all these temporal, political revolutions, all that kind of stuff, there, there are permanent um, consequences. Um, but of course, the, the whole conversation goes, uh, is tended towards how do we fix the United States of America? And, and, my, and my question is like, cui bono? Our job here is to get to heaven. Um, sure, we need to build the social kingship of Christ the King first and foremost in our own hearts and then in society. And it can only exist in, a, in society if it first exists in our hearts because corruption is first born in our hearts and then it expresses itself in, in our professions and in the government and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so unless you have a whole group of people that are uh, committed to pursuing holiness, like, I mean, for instance, Marshall needs a whole team of guys, you know, uh, dedicated to holiness to support him because otherwise let's say he let's say he be, becomes president taylor marshall president of the united states of america who's to say that the same exact thing that happened to trump isn't going to happen to marshall where they're you know hillary clinton creates some sort of hoax and prevents him from doing um his job for four years because he's being indicted or whatever else uh and he can't do anything for four years and then his term's over and then they rig the election and then he's out Kui bono. What, what 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 are we doing? And so the real the real thing is what we what I said I guess last time I was on the rundown was that uh, liberalism has failed. This is what you got, guys. This is it. I mean, there have been some Catholic commentators that have uh, proposed libertarianism, um, which is the idea that happiness is um, you pursuing whatever you think will make you happy, which is antithetical to what Catholicism is, which happiness is really in contemplation of the truth and contemplation of contemplation of who God is and being madly in love with, with our Lord. That's what happiness is. It's not doing whatever you want. And so the libertarian says, Oh yeah, let's, let's let the gays be gay. And that's ultimately, that's really, I mean, on the GOP side, that's really a, a huge social issue is what do we do with the gays? What, what do we do with the rainbow flag? Because now you have Trump inviting all these people to Mar-a-Lago. And it really seems that that's something he, that he's going to open the, the door to to the GOP. That this is something that the GOP has to accept. All the conservatives have to accept in order to win elections. In order to win elections. Um, so I guess I kind of got off track of what the uh, the original question was. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, I've kind of been silent this whole rundown. So I've kind of been holding all of my opinions to myself for the last uh, hour and 18 minutes. Um, but that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm at is that in one sense, the United States is liberalism. The United States is liberalism and liberalism has failed and liberalism will continue to fail. And capitalism too will continue to fail because what, a, what, what will a Catholic president today who, who believes in, you need to have a Catholic presidency, but you need to have capitalism too, as our economic, uh, as, as our economy. What do we say with this? Well, the capitalist Catholic will say, oh yeah, there are poor people and they knew they do need to work four or five jobs in order to make ends meet in order so that they could move up the scale and become middle class, all that kind of stuff. But I would say to that Catholic who believes in capitalism, when do these poor people have time to pray? When do they have time to go to mass? When do they have time if they work three, four, five jobs to work out their salvation? They don't. 
They don't. They don't have time to work out the observation. Uh, they, the only time that they have is to try to make sure that they pay rent and make sure their children are fed or whatever else. And that's and that's it. Make sure their, their cars are, are have a half a tank of gas. And that's it. Catholicism is antithetical to cap- capitalism. And there are Catholics that don't agree with this point. But I'm adamant because, I mean, I've, I've worked in poor colleges and I've, I've seen what people suffer and I've seen their their situation, their dichotomies. They have to choose one thing or another. And if, if, if they don't work, they don't eat. Simple as. Um, but then there are middle-class Catholics, middle-class Catholics or even upper-middle-class Catholics. Well, they say, no, let them, let them work. Let them, let them work. Um, let, let, them, let them not have time to pray. Let them not have time to make a visit to the chapel. Let them not have any time, even maybe even on Sundays, to go to mass, um, because because their te- temporal responsibility, temporal responsibilities, or their duties, require them to work seven days a week. Capitalism is unjust. It is. Let me do a let me do a quick follow up. You said a couple of things there. I think everyone wants to react to. Let me go to James first, and then I'll go to Ryan on revolution. James, one of the things he says is, you know. <laughs> that some of our institutions are so far gone that it's not worth joining them. Uh, you can't morally do it in, in, in some case. At the same time, if we are going to peacefully uh, balkanize these United States in, in, in some future capacity, we do have to have men who are trained in tactical things, uh, operational and strategic thinking. Um, and if we don't, if we can't send them through our armed forces, it's kind of like, well, how do we do that? I mean, the Boy Scouts uh, or the Catholic Scouts or the troops of St. George or the off-brand or whatever, you know, local thing that you're doing is probably not on the same level. Although then again, given all of the, uh, you know, pro-poop things that you have to go through in the real military, uh, you know, it could be that, that our Boy Scouts are actually tougher. How do we develop and cultivate men, capable men? who do know how to do things and, you know, land navigation and, and tactical formations and live fire exercises and those types of things, because those will be needed um, without, while avoiding, um, you know, the big green weenie. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I got to tell you this, it starts from the ground level. Uh, and the ground level is uh, something we haven't had for uh, close to almost 100 years now. Um, since the infiltration of the elite class into the education of the youth, uh, the public schools and what, what have you, uh, the education has been infiltrated by the progressives. Uh, and they knew what they were doing from the very beginning when they decided to, to start inculcating uh, uh, in these kids, uh, a different ideology, you know, um, and, you know, kids have been indoctrinated from the very beginning and they, we have definitely offered up our children, uh, f- for them to reeducate. And we've done so happily and willingly for the last hundred years. When you talk about something that needs to be sincerely, sincerely abolished, we must first talk about the department of education. We must first talk about the uh, the, the very high up uh, academics in colleges and universities. All that must be done away with. It's it's a travesty what we've done to our youth and how we've basically lined them up and sent them to re-education camps. Most of us without even realizing that we were doing that. 
And so uh, 2024 would be a, a good time to reflect on these real, real issues, these issues that we've sort of sidelined um, in the past are now coming back to haunt us. And we can see that now. You send a girl to college, and what does she do? First thing she does is to cut her hair. She gets bullied into uh, accepting views that her parents would be opposed to. She finds new friends. They, they form a, a cult, or they bring her into a cult, uh, and she has no idea she's doing this. She thinks uh, these are people who are accepting me for who, who I am. Meanwhile, she's changing everything about her in order to to fit in, you know. And uh, by year one, the transformation is usually eighty uh, percent complete. Year two, hair is gone, the, the color, the dye, the dye sets in, you know, the multiple piercing, uh, piercings, the tattoos, everything. Before you know it, you're looking at um, somebody who could identify as a Zir or Zir or Zir or whatever you want to call uh, call that, and the, the battle is lost. You know, but prior to that, even though your child was innocent, you know, all the groundwork had been laid from kindergarten up until twelfth grade in order for her to accept what she's now accepting in college. But the sad news about this is it's now happening sooner and sooner. And of course, we know this because parents are sending their own children because they're the ones who have been sent to re-education camps their entire lives. All these parents now who are in their 30s and younger are sending their kids to be mutilated you know, or allowing their kids to be mutilated, allowing their kids to be sexualized and, and uh, when they go to these, quote unquote, drag shows. You know, so there's they've really done a number of us uh, on our kids a way to arrest all of this is to start again using that form of education that worked worked for us so for so long. You know what is logic? You know the uh, trivium, the uh, quadrivium. You know these are things that we need to re-implement in schools so that people can start having kids can start having critical thinking again. You know right now it's you're specialized in this. This is what your specialty is going to be, and that cannot carry on. It's it's over. Did you just say the trivium and quadrivium, i.e., the seven liberal arts? I don't. I th- that that can't be. That's that's so outdated. That's old fashioned. Uh, speaking of old fashioned, Ryan, I think we need a good old fashioned American strongman. Is what we need. Father Martin said something that I'm sure triggered you. I don't think he meant it the way you 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 meant it, but it's definitely worth touching on. Revolution. He said, you know, Catholics are afraid of revolution. Revolutions, in my opinion, don't end. They reverberate throughout time and space, uh, like uh, throwing a, a rock into a massive pond, and uh, you know the, the reverberation is forever. The only the, what we really need is counter-revolution and reactionary. Father Martin will have a chance to respond after you do, but I think you have something um, in that respect to add. Well, essentially, revolution—the idea of revolution—is not a Catholic idea. It's it's a, a French idea which realizes itself in a soft phase in the United States and a hard phase in, in France with the French Revolution. And, I mean, revolution has failed everywhere in the world where you look, where there's been revolution. It has always made things worse, except in the United States. So then there's this question, well, why? Is that because America? Yeah, we're the best, man. Well, no, actually, there. The American Revolution created stability, whereas the French Revolution created constant instability only because the American Revolution recreated England. And maybe this is the sequel to what I was talking about last week with coronation <laughs> stuff. But 
essentially you look at you look at the house of representatives what is it it is the house of commons you look at the senate what is the senate that senate is the house of, of lords originally they were appointed by the state legislatures they are not voted on popularly and even po voted on popularly in general uh, no, not always although you have this geriatric they got out of pennsylvania that we saw in the intro that uh, can't hold a coherent thought in a major committee meeting but um but in general, senators, even after the popularization of the vote, are like a sort of American royalty. They're, they're the higher magnates and whatnot. And they're, they're there for six years and they get all the powers of incumbency to increase their wealth like Nancy Pelosi and people like that that definitely uh, benefited from insider trading. I'll tell you what. Um, and you go on and on about that. But, but there's so many things about the United States Constitution, the federal Constitution, that are essentially... They are the recreation of England, uh, but in more divided than the parliament in a, in a little bit. But really, they're the same thing. Yeah, like I said, House of Representatives that is is the the House of Commons. You have the Sergeant at Arms. What is the Sergeant of Arms? He's the Sergeant of Arms that is the House of Commons in England. You have uh, the Supreme Court. Even that's just a mimicry of Star Chamber. Uh, the Supreme Court opens. Ouye, ouye, ouye. What the hell is this ouye stuff? Ouye is Norman French because the Star Chamber was conducted in Norman French up until the reign of Charles I and, and still kept various trappings of when you, like, you literally sat before Star Chamber until 1649 and you, you had to actually argue in Norman French in a language that basically didn't exist except for this legal process. And then that's the thing, ouye, 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 hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. That's medieval Norman Anglo-French when you get down to it. Um, and, that, and that's why that survives into the Supreme Court. You have so many trappings of what was England that are then recreated, and that creates a certain degree of stability, but it doesn't create a bulwark against the liberalism. And that's why ultimately you were always going to get to where we are now uh, because the, the the acorn becomes the oak it is the same liberal route as what you have in france just on the softer side for so long so ultimately you come to this stand up against the poison of white supremacy as i did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy Whereas white supremacy is a bunch of guys in their mom's basements that, that, that don't have actual real lives. I mean, when, when you're talking about the kind of shit they're talking about, it's part of my French, uh, not my Norman French. Um, it, it, it's, it's one of those things that you're, you're leading up to this Marxist identity politics. It was only a matter of time before it would take it over, just like it's taken over in England. I mean, we're not getting salvation by looking at, like we're talking about the coronation and the tradition the importance of it. We're not looking at England saying, yeah, we all need to be like this. We're not doing that. We weren't doing that. Um, even though, you know, and obviously people have their criticisms of the English monarchy, you know, well put, frankly. Um, Prince Andrew and all that business. I mean, you go on uh, for the English monarchy and the problems that just look at the, the concentration camps they built for the Bowyers back in what, 1900? Um, there, there's all kinds of criticisms you can level at the English monarchy. And, and, and Mike is. And obviously, there's a lot to say on that subject in terms of where the Irish perspective is on the English monarchy. But, you know, at the same time, what did America do? 
America recreated England as it was at that time. And we reflect the England of that time. And even now, like progressing forward without the further development of England as it came out of that. And that's why we've had a certain degree of stability that continental Europe did not, that the French did not. I mean, good grief, you go from revolution to further revolution, to empire, to monarchy, to revolution, to empire, to two more republics, and still a completely um, dysfunctional state in France. It is never recovered from the French Revolution, and all society itself is never recovered. So revolution is always destructive. And the American Revolution is only an outlier in as much as it has taken longer to be destructive. But it still is in the same mold, in the same vein, and ultimately get there. So what you really need is counter-revolution. And counter-revolution does not always succeed. Counter you see counter-revolutions in the way of um, one English recusants. You know, the, the, the attempt to re-evangelize England uh, under Elizabeth going forward. Uh, you get a temporary reprieve under the Stuarts. You get a pro strong Protestant reaction. Um, ultimately, the rest restoration of the hierarchy in England in 1830 to a minority position, always a minority position in English culture and language. Um, but you look at counter-revolution, the Vendée. The Vendée, the road was open to Paris. If they had intel, and Napoleon noted, noted this, if they had intelligence, if they had a well-drawn-out military, they could have ended the revolution. But that wasn't their purpose. Their purpose was restoration of order. Stop coming in here, taking our kids to go serve and be corrupted by the French army and shown porn and, and show as it was in those days, you know, little cartoon drawings of sex and all these things, um, you know, and, and to corrupt them and make and draw them into the revolutionary spirit. Don't do that. Uh, leave us alone and we'll be fine. And once the uh, and it was actually part when Napoleon became established the consulate prior to the establishment of empire, where he was first consul among, amongst a new directory of three, basically. The Vendans were left alone. French revolutionary soldiers would come and serve as chaplains to the priests. And uh, there was no longer a reason to fight. So everyone gave up. And, that, and that's part of the problem with counter-revolution, too. Counter-revolution has to become a more forthright long-sighted vision and that's why um and, and i love taylor marshall you know i count him as a friend i, I count him as on the side of the angels um I, I do wish he'd take more of his talent to to you know for more less political clickbaity things on his videos but he, he he's smart he knows where the money is he knows where the, the you know how to how to create a lasting podcast whereas i don't I, I could create a thing and it's all intellectually and, and historically great, but it'll never be popular, but he can, because he knows how to play that, that exactly right. And maybe he knows how to play that right in terms of his presidential, you know, run and everything. And it, but ultimately it's like, it's still a failed gambit. Um, ultimately you're still becoming the head of state of a Masonic state that whatever about its tolerance, oh, yeah, you're Catholic, fine. But you're still the head of a Masonic state that has all these intelligence agencies and all this apparatus that you can't get rid of. And even if Trump really was the outsider that wanted to clean up the swamp, whatever, he could not have done it. And, of course, he did not want to do it, uh, in my opinion. And, and beside that, it, it's ultimately the reality is it's only true counter-revolution. So within the, the confines of the American Constitution, 
you could do it if you had and, and, and this is the, my problem with people running for president on third parties that's why i stopped voting for third parties in 2004 that was the last year i did it i voted for the constitution party candidate i think it was uh, baldwin or something like that um you know and i and later i called the constipation party oh you want to run for president great you're still the head of this apparatus that has progressed along these liberal lines you're just wasting your time the only way you can possibly reclaim within the constitutional framework of the U.S. is to run a third party in, in local elections, in the local legislatures, the state legislatures, to, to establish all of these things in the state legislature. Then get more in. It's a grassroots effort that's going to take 10 to 15 years. Nobody thinks in 10 to 15 years. Everyone thinks right now we got to run a candidate right now, a solidarity party candidate right now. Liberty, libertarian candidate Gary Johnson doesn't even know where Aleppo is. Well, like all the, the fighting is going on there. He doesn't even know where that is on the globe. It's like hilarious. Um, it, it's no, no, you need to run candidates at your local level, at your state level, at your legislature level, at your gov gubernatorial level. And then start, and then while that's going on, elect them to Congress and gradually elect more and elect more. And, and that's how you, you reclaim, you know, the, the, the system is that the gradual grassroots efforts to put these people in and you put them in there with the knowledge. Hey, look, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to get into Congress. Congress has these little individual rules. You is this your stump speech, by the way? I just need to know. No, this is not my stump speech. I got a wholly different stump. I speech. felt like we were in the stump speech phase. Yeah, no, no, no. But that's that's the way it within the American constitutional framework you reclaim it. Outside of that, this is what you do. You wait for the you establish your enclaves. You establish your you you create local currencies and local trading opportunities. You create people who produce things from fields, forests. Uh, fisheries and mines you create your local economies you say f the government and f all this stuff and you say no more to this and you establish all the the, the inner peer-to-peer -peer networks to survive the collapse and so that you can remain strong and you create a you know, quasi-anarchist structure of we're going to be governed by natural law and we're going to carry on until something better comes along and you crap, you know, you create all these things and you move on. And that's part of its own counter-revolution, creating a because what is economy for? What is the what are economics for ultimately? And, it, and this gets to the heart of what brother is talking about. So many Catholics like they devoted to capitalism as such. I'm gonna be rich and I'm gonna, you know, be this. No, no, no. The reality, how do what what why did God give us the ability to produce capital and turn it into wealth? is to acquire the goods and services necessary to get our get our children to heaven and ourselves to heaven. And that's what Father Fahey talks about in his books on the social kingship of Christ the King and so many things. That's the ultimate reality of what wealth and economy is all about when you get at a fundamental level. You need to get are you gonna be able to do heaven. are you gonna be able to do a two minute stop speech or no? Oh absolutely I've already got a plan. This is gonna be totally different. Is it two minutes? Oh yes or is it ten? Two <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we should do the stump speeches because we're at one hour 40 right now. I know that there are other stories that we could have gotten to tonight. Tons. The King dude threw a curveball at us. Is there one thing that's burning desire that you want to talk about, Ryan? Um, do we want to deal with the border? Or we want to do with the notion of free speech. Ooh. Ooh. 
Ooh, those are both good ones. Let, 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 me, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. What rate of illegal immigration did we have in 2020? But you have Do you know anything? I asked you a question. How long have you been in office? Do you know anything? How long have you been in office? I've been in office 11 years yes, now. And this has been okay. kicked the calendar in multiple administrations. Except your, okay, you don't get to argue with me. You asked your question. You, you asked your question. You don't get, you want to hold a press conference, you can do it over there. You, have you want to hold a press conference, you can do it over there. How are you? Senator Senator so, so, so hold on, I'm going to answer his question. The talking point of the Democrats, which this media reporter happily parrots, is, gosh, the problem can't be fixed. There's one little problem with that. It is an utter and complete lie. In 2020, the last year of the Trump presidency, we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. You ask, what have I done? I've championed the men and women of Border Patrol. I've championed securing the border. I've championed Remain in Mexico. And we turned this problem around and solved it. And we went from Joe Biden inherited the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. And the first day in office, he made political decisions to cause this problem. And you should be ashamed of yourself because you're a reporter and you're not reporting facts. You're telling lies. Joe Biden made a political decision. You know, Ted Cruz grows on me more and more. I think it's the beard. I don't know. I think it's that his fake accent has sort of uh, faded away a little bit. Um, I, you know, every sovereign nation has to have borders. Every, everything is defined by its boundaries. A thing is defined by what it is and what it is not. Um, every sport is defined by boundaries. How can you play tennis without lines? There has to be bright lines between what, where, where the ball lands and where it can't land. Right. Um, you know, so, so the, the, the idea that we should have control of the border and who comes in and out of a nation, that's not like a racist idea. That's not a novel idea. It shouldn't even be a Republican or Democratic idea or a right versus left idea. That's just a, that's just a fact of reality. For whatever reason, you know, I, I, I've lived overseas. I've lived in Japan. I can't become a Japanese citizen ever. No matter what I do, I'm not Japanese. They won't let me become a Japanese citizen. We in the United States are so accustomed to other people becoming citizens. James, uh, you're you're a citizen, I think. Are you, uh, Father? I don't. I haven't seen your green card. I don't know if you're a citizen. Um, I don't have a green card because I was born here. <laughs> oh, you were born here. Okay. Are Are you an anchor? No, I'm no. So, uh, so the question is, you know, so we're so used to people just joining our team. We're the great melting pot. But many nations around the world don't function that way. It's impossible for you to do that. You know, it's really hard for Americans to buy property in Mexico. Yes, some have done it, but it's hard to do. Whereas the Chinese can buy stuff in California sight unseen. You know, so we are a, we are a nation where it is permissible for foreign nationals to buy our stuff, like our land, our resources, our farmland, our oil, where it is permissible for foreign nationals to stream across the border illegally, work here, and uh, just just sort of like blend in, and we don't seem to see a problem with that. But you try to, if you're El Salvadorian and you try to come up through Mexico, you might get shot with a fifty cal. No one's going to shoot you with a fifty cal if you're a, if you're an El Salvadorian and you're coming up through and you made it into Mexico and you're coming up to California, New Mexico, Arizona or Texas. So anyway, the border thing is a real thing. James, you, you lived in DC. You've been around this border nonsense that they, they've tried to solve this so many times. Remember the gang of eight, the gang of eight in 2006, I think 
is when the Gang of Eight got together and they were going to have a comprehensive immigration reform with smart border and all this stuff. Okay. Here we are a generation later. We're darn near 20 years later. Nothing's been done. Yeah, it's a real uh, it's a real problem. Uh, and I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of it. Uh, I lived in D.C., lived in Texas. Uh, and I lived in Texas after I'd lived in D.C., and by the time I left D.C. for uh, Texas, I should say for the second or third time, um, it was clear to me that nothing was actually going to be done. Um, you had the situation, of course. Uh, prior to that, I believe it was 2008 when we found uh, that uh, there was a lot of gun running and that gun running was being supported by uh, the uh, DOJ under Eric Holder. And that would have been a prime opportunity for the Republicans to seize, uh, uh, you know, that that basically that gift which they had received. But um, we had Trey Gowdy out there just, uh, you know, running his mouth and sitting in front of uh, committees after committees, talking to people, interviewing, but never doing a thing. You know, and then that was reinforced in my mind, in my mind again for us for uh, for the umpte umpteenth time that. These people just want to posture, and that's about it. Nobody wants to do anything about it. Even those who are sending people to uh, other states, yeah, sure, that's that's something you can kind of yuck up and go, ha-ha, good, serves you one, now you know how it is. But ultimately, what what does that solve? The problem at the border still uh, persists. You know, you have uh, you have tents being set up there where people, uh, you know, are being uh, basically corralled into these tents. They're, they're looked at, they're checked out medically, and then, you know, the, the, the government says, oh, well, you know, we've, you know, uh, captured all these uh, uh, border cross, uh, uh, crossers. But what happens the very next day is they were all released back into, you know, general population. They're let go. And so um, I'm not convinced. Whenever I hear politicians talking about the border crisis, I'm not convinced that they actually want to do anything about it. They, of course, know that they have to talk about it in, in order to give red meat to their constituents. But that's about how far it goes. Nobody does anything. Nobody does anything. That is the uh, that is the news of the day. You know, I, I uh, let me get it. Let me get it over to Father Martin because uh, you've 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 been short on speaking time. And I mean, as the token medium brown colored person on the podcast, <laughs> although it's not quite summer, I haven't turned brown yet. I think I'll turn browner than you, Father. But uh, we, you know, there there's a there's the political reality that we must have borders. There's a political reality of that, that a nation is defined by sovereignty, et cetera. But there's also the Catholic reality of that human beings are human beings, and we shouldn't put them in cages. And, you know, we have to, we have to, people are due the dignity of the, the fact that they are eternal souls with guardian angels um, and, and, and all the, all the trappings of creation. Right. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I think that there is probably a third way here. There's there maybe is a build the wall component to what we're saying, but there also might be some validity to what we hear from the left in terms of how to deal with a legitimate humanitarian crisis. If you're escaping the, you know, the the murder capital of the world, Honduras, and you're just trying to get to freedom and you're trying to do a job that Americans literally will not do, will not do. They'd rather sit on freaking welfare than do it. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I might be sympathetic to 
that argument, what say you? There is something to be said about cheap labor. And to be honest, I think that's exactly the Democratic talking point is, is using humans for cheap labor. And I think that's a new version of, of slavery is, is cheap labor. So while uh, we can find some sort of temporal capitalistic uh, reason to want illegal immigration, I mean, you could also just give out green cards for the same thing. They don't have to be illegal for that purpose. They could be legal. Um, but I think the, the real issue, I think we saw some videos on this past week on, on Twitter of um, shots being fired on the bridge between um, Mexico and far Texas, which is right, you know, right next to, to McAllen. Um, the reality is the cartels control. The- the reality is that Mexico is not a sovereign country. It's not. It's not a sovereign country. It's, it's, it's governed by the cartels. It's controlled by the cartels. And our border is controlled by the cartels. So the only real solution, I mean, you can build as many walls as you want. The cartels are going to find a way underneath. There's, there's been you know, several times um, tunnels discovered way underneath the soil that go from Mexico to, to the United States to get people through, to get drugs through, all that kind of stuff. You're not going to solve the, the border crisis until you solve the cartel prices, uh, cartel crisis. You're not going to solve the cartel prices unless Mexico decides to cooperate both Mexico and United States military forces together go and eliminate the cartels and, and, and solve the drug problem. That's going to ultimately solve the, uh, the border crisis. I mean, you solve the border crisis with the cartels. You finally have people that are able to, in Mexico, able to um, become middle class in a sense. And, and once I hate classes because of course, Christian, then we had not classes, but uh, orders, you know, the uh, nobility, all that kind of stuff. You you weren't judged. You were judged by your virtue, not by your, how much money you had in your pocket. Classes, you're judged by how how much money you have in your pocket, not by your virtue. And even then, you can have as much vices as you want and have a lot of money, and therefore be upper upper class, but uh, very poor in virtue. Um, so that's kind of the also what's, what's wrong with our capitalist society is that your higher you are in society is based on your money, which could be based on your vice, not on your virtue um but anyways it's, it's it's one of the things it's first you have to solve the 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 drug problem the cartel problem then you have to reestablish yeah. something in, in in mexico where the citizens therefore can 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 actually um make enough money but, but where but the, the dr- cartels the don't problem, tax you the drug problem is not really a cartel problem the drug problem i mean that's it's you're blaming this the supply how about the demand the demand is in exactly. worthless you know spiritually dead american lives boomers with one trophy child who's a, who's a homo um who are sitting in their homes bored out of their minds watching netflix for the 15th time who now have to self-medicate and take you know take illegal substances there's a demand problem that's what's bringing the drugs into the united states that's why the cartels are able to conduct such violence to get the high margin product into americans because their their spiritual lives are totally bankrupt exactly yeah yeah i mean you can you can pinpoint anywhere any place you want to begin and you can judge whether it wants to be the most effective like you know let's convert america to catholicism yeah i'm all for that or you can go for the quick political solution which is hey Let's uh, give the cartels every reason not to want to bother. Say, hey, you know, our job stops at the Mex- Mexico-U.S. border because we're not going any further. You can take one of two routes. Uh, politically, um, 
from an, a, a liberal American ideology, you're going to say, let's take the route of destroying the cartels. That way they don't want to go anywhere further. Mm-hmm. Spiritually, as Catholics, we're going to say, well, let's just convert America. One, one solution is going to p- take it a little bit shorter time than the other. Right. Uh, let me. So I, I want to respond to Patty Leather because we love Patty Leather. He's one of the regular commenters. Uh, a, he says, this is nonsense. There are no jobs Americans will not do. Foreigners must stay in it. That's not true. Find someone to clean your house. Find someone to flip your burgers. Find someone to mow your lawn. Find someone to cut your trees down. Find someone to build your decks. Find someone to paint your house. Find yeah. someone to pick your strawberries. Patty I'm Leather has July to get a perimeter fence and a vinyl fence on my property. About 18 grand in total. And yeah. ready to pay in cash. And um, so, so I, I used a guy in my parish. The guy in my parish... Um, you know, because I want to do local and I want to support the people in my parish, right? So I'm willing to wait about two, three weeks longer. That that doesn't matter to me that much, two weeks, three weeks. But his problem is he's tried to hire local people in the parish, hire right. white people, as it were, n- not right. exclusively white people per se, as a as a like a definitive notion, but just local people in the parish. And we're That's in Idaho. Right. Let's get real. You're in Idaho. There, there's about 16 black people here live locally. I know four of them. There's <laughs> there's actually good sized Mexican population in the parish and whatnot. But uh, it's funny, more Mexicans go to the traditional mass here between the society and the fraternity than go to the Novus Ordo. Even though they try to do the mariachi masses and nobody shows up because they're all at the traditional masses. It's kind of funny that way. But beyond that, he can't get white affluent people in North Idaho to work for him. He can't get people that have no jobs because they, they get on welfare. He can't get people who are in, you know, going to the local community college, people who are just out of high school. He can't get people. So he's got to hire Guatemalans on green cards. Now, he does hire my right. green cards. They're not illegal. But yeah. Um, but he hires Guatemalans and works around their green card situation and gets them in here and they put in fences for him because native Idaho and people in this area aren't willing to do those jobs. It's like, absolutely. Patty Leather. I love you, Patty. I I love you, Patty. But Patty Leather doesn't run a restaurant. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. Patty Leather doesn't run a home services business. It's impossible. He doesn't work in construction. It's impossible. It doesn't work especially impossible. You, I mean, because there's so many people, and that part of it is the corruption of our education system. Part of it's the corruption of the, this natural, uh, the, the, no, when it's not natural, but it's the, this kind of in, innate uh, hubris that that Americans have against blue collar work. Even though the blue collar worker will make more money than they will with their bullshit degree from whatever such and such university. Um, and, and great, I, I got a bachelor's degree in philo- theology and philosophy. Theology is the queen of the sciences. Uh, my my bachelor's degree in theology qualifies me for bubkiss. I could have gotten a crackerjack box as far as uh, mm-hmm. the amount of work that went into that in terms of what the real theologians 100, right. 200 years ago had to do to get even even that same degree in theology. I mean, now, got Patty, to- Patty makes a good point, though, Ryan. He makes a good point. Americans are hard workers. We probably work too hard. Mm-hmm. That might be a vice. Pay family wages, not slave wages, and Americans will do that work. Okay. Yes and no. Yes and no. Yes and no. no. Are you willing to go to a restaurant and pay $50 for a meal? Because Mm -hmm. you're paying family wages to the person Mm -hmm. who busts the table and the person who washes the dishes. Are you willing to pay $19,000 for a tutor's...
Patty Leather. Hear that live. I'll tell you what. I'll pay to hear that live. Well, but, you, uh, Patty Leather. Well, how much are you going to pay to paint your house? Instead of paying eight thousand dollars, are you willing to pay eighteen thousand dollars to paint your house? Because that's what it's going to take a four man crew for seven days to paint your house, Patty Leather. So if you if you want to pay family family wages, are you willing to pay that? Are you willing to put the money up yourself? Yes or no? Um. Anyway, I don't want to. I I'm just. I'm heated here. I am. I'm, I'm willing to, says I, that America I, was founded by the Irish. Somehow. to do it than to get so the cheapest company I could get that mostly hires the workers out of California. I I, I paid more. Um, I'm willing to pay more. I'm, will, I'm willing to pay a reasonable amount more to keep it in the parish. What What mm-hmm. bothers me is that is that trads are so willing to outsource to the cheapest, yeah. you know, made in China BS. That's well, capitalism principle. So I know a lot of business owners in my parish, for example, that have complained. I mean, some of this is the boomers, and, and and when I say boomers, I don't mean every one of you that fits in the boomer generation. I mean specific ones that are endemic of the worst qualities of that generation. So if you're here and none of this fits you, we're not talking about you. Are we going to get that? Disclaimer. 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 Don't get your feelings hurt, guys. Disclaimer. I'm still going to be, I'm going to be approached by some boomers Mm -hmm. the next time I'm around them. And they're going to say, why'd you say the B word? And I'm going to say, look, I didn't say it. Ryan said it. It's right. It's Ryan. So Ryan's a Jew. So he, he he hates you. He's a Jew. But no, no, but really, it, like, I'm, there I'm are people sorry. like this. And, and it's not all boomers. Some of it's Gen X, too, by the way. Uh, people that think, oh, well, I'm getting a you know, guy from my parish, and so he should do it for free. And, and there are people that have that expectation. And, and I've yeah. talked to so many people who are, who are laborers, who are blue-collar guys, and I look at them as my peers, my equals. I know crap, yes, and I know history, and I know Latin, and I know these things. But they know how to do crap that I can't do. And as far as I'm concerned, they're my equals and my peers. I am not above them. Just, you know, I got this nice white collar here in my shirt, right? Doesn't doesn't matter. At the end of the day, my sweat and labor on different things created stuff. Their sweat and labor creates their wealth. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, we're all equals. You know, I, I don't have that chip on my shoulder. Right <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Can I just read this? Can I just read this comment? Yeah. Mike does not like German boomers and he's not a Jew. <laughs> sorry. I, that was the best comment of the night. Sorry. But there Keep are people going. in my parish that they're like, oh, well, you should do this for free. And I've had this and I've talked to people who are business owners that are like, hey, right. I, I, I want to work with people in our parish, but our people in our parish are like, they, they want you to do this stuff for free. And then they, they like, no. And they'll pay more for someone else to do it because you wouldn't do it for them for like practically nothing where you're, they're making nothing. It's like, there's no notion that it's a two-way street. Yeah, oh yeah, my parish, mm-hmm. hey, I'll give you a little discount here. You know, it's fine. And, and th- there's no notion of, uh, hey, wait, this is a two-way street. You know, the, the employer has to make money too. And proper Catholic social teaching is not all about the worker. It's also about, I mean, what the employer or the whatever it is, you know, the guy who does the work, somebody, people, there's no such thing as a free lunch, as libertarians say, and they're absolutely right on that. And, but it's not like you just go to some zero and pay your workers crap. You want good work, you got to pay for it. And if you want to have like skilled labor, if you want to have people making a living wage and uphold Catholic social teaching, well, you know, maybe it's right we pay for it, and I'm willing to pay for it, even though, yeah, it, 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 I could get it done cheaper and uh, probably less efficiently, but I could get it done cheaper if I did X, Y, and Z. I don't want to get it done cheaper. I want to get it done well, right? And, and that's my philosophy when I approach anything in work. And, and, and I don't think there's any difference. 
I want you saying. happy when my family comes in and not like, oh no, not them again. I want you to go, oh yeah, that's right. That guy tipped like 30%. Good grief. I'm happy to take care and clean up the mess his kids make because he's only one one parent cleaning up after talking. There's no there's no difference whatsoever between what Ryan is saying and what Patty Leather responds with. And and, and I Patty, I'm giving you a, an a, an opportunity to exactly. respond and argue with us. He says Catholics do not destroy their nation for cheap landscaping. We shouldn't. I agree with that. I 100% agree. We all we all agree with that. However, when you when you look at our our lifestyle in the American West, and James, I want to bring you in on this because you've seen uh, you've seen this the spectrum. I've seen it too. I've been in very poor nations. I've served there. I've lived there. Um. When you see different cultures and then how Americans live, even just the difference between Europeans and Americans, I'm not even talking about your experience in Africa, my experience in the Middle East and elsewhere. When you see mine in Europe, abject poverty, right? Compared to how we live here, it, it's 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 like two different universes. Okay, you even talk about like. How like how our houses are constructed and and made and stuff like that. If there's one imperfection on the front facade, it's like we freak out because our neighbors are going to judge us. Th- these are problems that are not real problems; they're imagined problems. They're exaggerated real problems. Um, James, people here are they want everything to look good, but they want it to be a veneer, a false veneer. You're you're, you're right. It- and, quite possible, right? And one of the very first things that I re- recall as a kid growing up in Detroit, Michigan—I'm sorry, in Lagos, Nigeria—same uh, same difference. Uh, <laughs> hard to hard to uh, specify exactly, but uh, <laughs> well, not not that far. Um, but uh, there's a veneer um, in the American lifestyle that has even uh, permeated into. Uh, you know, building, for instance. Okay, let's talk about building, which that's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, growing up as a kid, you punch a wall in Africa, your hand is breaking. You're going <laughs> to the hospital, and you know, good g- good luck. You know, punch a wall in the United States, uh, your hand's going through the wall. You know, yeah. and I did not know when I watched movies as a kid. I thought drywall was like a movie gimmick like oh this is so fun he's gonna punch the wall you know but then i moved to the united states and i realized every single house that i had been in even school buildings you know they operate using that veneer that drywall veneer there's nothing in there except insulation at you know some point it's just a framing and drywall and paint and that is supposed to be for you your strong your stronghold your house that's going to protect you against the inclement weather against people barging in. Why have we decided that the bare minimum, the facade of something real and solid and sturdy is better than what our ancestors were using? It's better than stone. It's better than even plaster. Let's throw, throw plaster in the mix there. You know. So I, I arrived at a point very early on realizing veneer was just the American way. You put something on top of something, even the, even the pieces of wood, you know, that are used to build houses. They're all basically, you know, cheap pieces of wood glued together, 
in order to make it look strong. And people will argue with you. The engineers will argue with you and say, oh, you know, but, you know, you take it together, you mash it and you glue it and it makes it even sturdier. But the principle of it is actually what's very sad is uh, we've decided that we have to build things economically. We have to build things quickly. And so there's no time taken anymore to create things of beauty. And this is kind of uh, the society in which we've allowed ourselves to, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, we've allowed ourselves this uh, false veneer and it's now permeated everything about us. The clothing we wear, polyester, you know, instead of real raw materials, the cotton instead of linen, instead of, uh, you know, uh, uh, natural fibers we're we're looking at plastics now you know right plastics are now what we consider clothing but it's okay because it's it's economical and they charge a hundred dollars for athletic wear are you serious what's that store lululemon or whatever, whatever it's called people pay 120 dollars for a pair of shorts or for a pair of yoga pants you know but then they cringe when they have to go buy a pair of trousers that cost 150 dollars i cannot believe this is the world we're living in but this is this is what it is <laughs> so we we we, we we're, do, we're dealing with this and uh, we're not dealing with it well, you know, because yeah. we expect cheap labor and we expect cheap, cheap goods as, you know, guaranteed goods because everyone else is doing it. And so we must do it. This has to be the way forward. Nobody questions anything anymore. You know, why, why are you using this kind of material? Right. You know, uh, it's I, just I, I, I knew this. I knew this uh, this guy whose whose first language is Spanish. And actually, only only language is Spanish. And he was working in this house, and this is this is a this is a multi million dollar new construction house. And it's very beautiful, um, in some ways, but it's all drywall. And the guy walked in, and he's like, "I thought you said this guy was rich." Yeah, <laughs> I thought he said he was rich. Right. And where I come from, rich people build with brick, masonry, stone, right. wood, real materials. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. We 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 have to do the stump speeches. Guys, you're gonna vote for president tonight. All four of us are announcing our candidacy for the presidency of the United States, or at least the presidency of something. I don't know what if it's the United States or uh or 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 some other uh thing. This is in lieu of our unpopular opinion segment. So I hope everybody's ready. We're gonna we're gonna I'm not I'm not gonna set a timer, but we're gonna use the honor system. Scout's honor. It looks like Ryan's ready to go. <laughs> looks like Ryan is ready for his stuff speech. <laughs> Vote for Ryan. Okay, so my if you should vote for me as your president, I can guarantee that I will work for you very hard in the first year. And after the next three years, I'll be basically in a hammock drunk most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> this is why. In the first year, I shall work very hard eliminating all federal agencies the atf especially that one i want to get that one should be a convenience store that should not be a federal agency dea fbi doj all gone all eliminated completely 100 anything that's not constitu constitutionally demanded will be gone 
So granted that that loses me loses me the federal workers vote. But um, well, they're going to vote Democrat anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> there is a so that first year will be annihilating everything. My very first act once I am inaugurated in the whole concept of inauguration is in a, in a pagan version of, of coronation, by the way. I shall write an executive order that will completely nullify all existing executive orders going all the way back to Washington. They will all be gone. The federal tax code in the first year will be completely annihilated. And I, this is going to create for me a huge drinking and smoking budget for me and my very minimal staff that will be working on, on eliminating all this stuff. And therefore, there will be no new taxes on american citizens for this in general only for the pensions of past presidents will be taxed to provide for my smoking and drinking while i carry out this uh you know solemn duty on your behalf and i will completely eliminate the federal government except for programs that have the return of federal land to the ownership of states who enact legislation defending the family, uh, you know, defending various things in the states that don't do it well, they're, they're not going to get much out of that. So, um, you know, but ultimately in that, that first year, if I'm not assassinated, then, the, you know, after that, there's nothing left. It's the next three years and basically in a sit by and uh, keep cool coolage as it were. And, uh, you know, Can we well, ask who your running mate is going to be reclaim their, uh, oh, who's it? goodness who would my running mate be and so i think my running mate the best running mate i could possibly ask for would be uh, we got it good razor was dull until i heard his speech and that reminds me of a story that's so dirty i'm ashamed to think of it myself I don't know what they have to say. It makes no difference anyway. Whatever it is, I'm against it. No matter what it is or who commenced it, I'm against it. Your proposition may be good, but let's have one thing understood. Whatever it is, I'm against it. And even when you've changed it or condensed it, I'm against it. I'm opposed to it. On general principles, I'm opposed to it. He's opposed to it. In fact, indeed, that he's opposed to it. For months before my son was born, I used to yell from night till morn, whatever it is, I'm against it. And I've kept yelling since I first commenced it. I'm against it. Okay, so you have assassination insurance there built in. That's pretty smart. Oops. Yes, <laughs> so that is that, that is essentially my stump speech. If you want the entire federal government neutered, the elimination of the IRS, your federal tax burden, everything, I am your candidate. It will all be gone and reclaimed by the states um, and with generous benefits and rec reclamation of federal land by the states to any states that implement pro-family legislation. So there we are. All right. Brian has articulated his platform. This is two minute stump speech ryan 2024 you're out there you're launched you're officially announced james announcing his candidacy for the presidency of the united states 
prepared for this. You, your whole life has led up to this. That we're going to let a non-American-born uh, non person run for the presidency. We're going to make an exception here. Actually, you'll be the second <laughs> behind Barack Hussein Obama. Right. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, coming to you, <laughs> I, I would like to propose something. As your duly elected president, second African-American man elected <laughs> to this office, <laughs> I will first call together a task force of able-minded men to look into the restoration of the Catholic monarchy. With the results of our findings, we will restore the monarchy in the second year of our presidency. And effective immediately, ending my presidency and implementing the restored monarchy. Law and order will be restored. Immigration will be curbed. Society must reflect morals of our claimed religion. For most of us who claim to be Christians, we must adhere to the Christian religion and to the Christian rule of law. That is my entire platform. That's it. You finished with time to That's spare. Uh, time to spare. Absolutely. Now, is it true that that uh, Trad Patrick is going to be your running mate? Oh, that, that is awesome. right. I I forgot about Trad Trad uh, uh, Patrick. He'll be my uh, right hand man, so to speak, <laughs> in bringing about all of this and the restoration of the Catholic monarchy. is not a small feat, because uh, assuming the the powers of the presidency, uh, I intend obviously, you know, as Ryan was explaining earlier on. Uh, we we basically took on a lot of things uh, that people thought were by the wayside. You know, we what's the king's privy council? Uh, council? Oh, you mean his cabinet? You know, so even in the United States, we have a, a cabinet known as the king's privy council in earlier uh, centuries. You know, and so we have this uh, elaborate scheme that we've created in the minds of American people, where we've convinced them that we don't have a monarchy but in fact we do we have a ruling class as well you know so uh we might as well just go full on out and claim uh that this is part of the long uh the long game by those who found this country and that the end game was to restore the monarchy and so here we have it we look we need a james the third so to speak and bourbon <laughs> yes there you go all right, the only Father, real way to celebrate 1776. Father Martin, I know it's uh it's it's probably against some can some code of canon law for a cleric to run for uh for office, but uh, setting that aside for a moment, your stump speech for the Cristeros party candidacy for President of the United States. <laughs> yes, it is definitely against uh, canon law, and I guess uh um there was one <laughs> there was one person that actually the Congress. <laughs> um, of course, it was a Jesuit and he was pro abortion, but we'll set that aside. For a Sorry. Um, but anyway, some principles because I'm under, technically undeclared because, of course, I can't just announce my presidency, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm reminded in this solemn moment of uh, the future election of the United, for the president of the United States of America of a certain Pope Sylvester I, whose feast day is, is the 31st of December. He was the Pope when uh, Emperor Constantine had his conversion. 
and decided to move the capital of the Roman Empire from Rome to Constantinople over in what is now Asia Minor, Turkey. Um, but when he did that, he donated his his palace to Pope Sylvester the the first, who then converted that palace to what is now the Basilica of Saint John the Lateran, uh, where recently that you know infamous Anglican and Coptic uh, liturgies have taken place. But nevertheless, this shows what a true Catholic president would do: would be to take the Freemasonic statues and memorials that are present in Washington, D.C. and donate them to the true Catholic Church. And I don't mean the USCCB. I mean the true Catholic Church. And so, ultimately, the Jefferson Memorial would probably turn into a, a, a sanctuary for the uh, the Sacred Heart. And uh, the Lincoln Memorial would probably turn into a, uh, a, a sanctuary or a, a you know, memorial for the, the Immaculate Heart of Our Lady, especially since the uh, the apparition of, of Our Lady of Lourdes took place during the uh, the War of Northern Aggression, which is the same time period where Abraham Lincoln was, was president. So uh, in a true Catholic country governed by a Catholic president, we should see the utter annihilation of Freemasonry in the United States. Um, ho uh, hopefully we would not just see just one or two policies put into place that were four years later, a new president gets elected and just reverses them. Just kind of like the ping pong, ping pong thing that happens with the, uh, Mexico city thing where, you know, United States funds abortions overseas. It doesn't, it does, it doesn't, it does it doesn't just ping pong, constant, constant ping pong. No, with a Catholic president, we would probably see the end of the presidency, but um, and the in the rise of a Catholic monarchy in the United States, the end of the liberal constitution and the establishment of an of an empire, or a, or a kingdom, a Catholic kingdom. Um, but any any Catholic that's running on liberalism is is really not a Catholic because liberalism isn't Catholic. Fundamentally, it's not Catholic. So that's kind of kind of where my speech ends in the sense that uh, although while I can't declare my pres my my candidacy for presidency because. Being a cleric is not canonically allowed. I do present all those principles to anyone who's lis listening. Are you is a write-in? Are you a write-in candidate? How do we vote for you? I mean, I'm not going to give up saying mass. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll say mass, and then you'll take your daily intel briefing. <laughs> Something like. That. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> all right. Very good. All right. Final stump speech here. I don't know if there's music or not. My fellow Americans, it is not America first, but it's family first. I want societies built on stable families. I want children who have a natural right to a mother and a father. I will not subsidize single motherhood or Nazi Niles. I will, I will not subsidize incels or spinsters. No federal taxes after four children. No homosexuals may hold office in my administration, nor anyone not sacramentally married in the Roman Catholic Church. On economics, working harder today we are for less. 
less than our forefathers from the age of faith. We need to have time for leisure. Leisure is the basis of culture. We need to have time with our families, time with our children. I'm not going to, I'm going to abolish the Fed. I'm not going to print any money. We're going to go back to the gold standard. And uh, moreover, this whole idea of technology uh, usurping and masking the idea that you're slaves. You're all slaves, and I'm going to free you. War. We will wage war on occasion, specifically to liberate the Holy Land from its current Jewish occupiers. We will kick them out, and we will establish the kingdom of Jerusalem once again. On national secrets, I will declassify the JFK shootings, the fake moon landing, the fakeness of space in general, fake nukes, and all the documents we have on flat earth and all the other fake science things. On patriotism, finally, ladies and gentlemen, lest you think that I don't love our country, I do. Charity is to will the good of the beloved. Patriotism in this context is to will the good of one's homeland. Our fatherland may have been founded inauspiciously, but we have the ability to course correct. I love our nation and our countrymen. I really do. Insofar as I will, they're good. Our ultimate good is God. Our ultimate good is the beatific vision. And so, with that being said, after one term, I will crown someone king. That person will not be me. It will be someone who comes from a royal line, lineage. I will spend four years recruiting someone to take over, and that will be the end of party politics and the the dark money that uh, crowds are fundraising. So I pledge to be a one-term president, but unlike Ryan, I'm going to work all four years. Four years, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to work my tail off to replace myself. And if I can't find a king, I'll just be a fascist for a while until we can raise a royal family. And it may take a generation or two, but that's fine. I'm a young guy. I got time. No fags. No homos. No pedos. No groomers. By the way, my running mate speaks Spanish. His name is Alberto. I'm diverse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we have it. So oh, I forgot. I forgot one key thing. Oh, do ladies it. and gentlemen. <laughs> We've got to make America Catholic again. Okay, make America Catholic again. Amen to that. Well, you've been listening to us on the Restoring the Faith YouTube channel. Hopefully back on the Rundown channel, we'll see what the YouTube gods have to say to us about that. You can also listen to us on the Crusade channel, crusadechannel.com, radio the way it should be. Remember the King Dudes promo. If you forgot, go back to rewind this back to the beginning where he gives your promo code. There we go. Uh, crusadechannel.com slash parrot, and you will get uh, free membership for the Crusade channel. And uh, yeah, there's really nothing else to do except to say, God bless. Good night. You have to vote for one of us. And uh, you know what to do, ladies and gentlemen. You know what to do. You know what to do. <laughs> Take care. In a universe that's infinite, like many theorize, ours is there are. Parallel worlds 
worlds where every possibility lives. So a planet somewhere out there, their history the same as ours is written. The only difference is that everyone's a kitten. I have two shotguns on my home. They're locked in a safe. There's a metal gun case. We live in an area that's wooded, somewhat secluded. And I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony and fire two blasts outside the house. Buy shotgun, buy shotgun. You don't need machine gun. You don't need 30 rounds. Buy a shotgun. Buy a double barrel shotgun. No, you don't need a flamethrower. And you don't need a tank. And you don't need an AR-15 to scare those thugs away. No, and I don't need a grenade launcher. I don't need an F-15. There's just one thing I need to do. And they'll stay away from me. Fire to blast outside the house. Buy a shotgun, buy a shotgun, buy a shotgun, buy a shotgun, baby. You don't need machine guns, you don't need a machine gun, you don't need 30 rounds. Buy a shotgun, buy a double barrel shotgun. Fire two blasts outside the house. Buy a shotgun, buy a shotgun. You don't need machine gun, you don't need 30 rounds. Buy a shotgun. Buy a double barrel shotgun.